Download the app, Bet Big, Win Bigger. And I gotta tell you, I really like the sound of that. And with WinBet, it's just that easy. WinBet has what you need to win. So if you're from Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, sign up today to receive special offers and take advantage of great promos for the big game and the upcoming college basketball tournament. Download the WinBet app now or visit WYNNBET.com. Download the app, bet big and win bigger. Let's get after it. Terms and conditions apply, must be 21 or older, and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too, 1-800-889-9789. With Vroom, you can shop thousands of cars right from your phone and have your next ride delivered straight to you. I like to look at the listing on my couch. You know, it's peaceful, I can think. Nobody's trying to trying to get one over on me, you know? There's a lot of Tahoes out there. I want a Tahoe, you know, do I really need that package? Well, let me decide for myself, okay? With Vroom, I can do that. Vroom is the better way to buy your next ride. You never have to haggle or negotiate the price of a car, so you know you're getting a good deal. With thousands of cars available on Vroom.com, you can make sure you get the ride you really want so you don't have to settle. You have a full week or 250 miles, whichever comes first, to make sure your new ride is right for you. Plus, all cars on Vroom.com come with a 90-day limited warranty and one year of roadside assistance nationwide, giving you peace of mind while on the road. You can trade in your old car when you buy your new one, or you can even just sell your car to Vroom. When you sell your car on Vroom, you get a price instantly. You can buy a car from Vroom entirely online, so next time you need to buy a car, just grab your phone, go to Vroom.com, and check out thousands of cars. Welcome to the Green Light Pod. Macon has two special interviews for you all today. Friend of the program, Tate Frazier, came on to chat about the crazy games in college basketball this weekend and look ahead at some of the contenders come March. Then SportsCenter anchor Randy Scott joined for a wide-ranging conversation about work, fatherhood, and sportscasting. Enjoy. Vienna, Virginia. Hello! Vienna, Virginia. Hometown, it's not the hometown, because he says he was born in San Diego. But one of our guests today, Randy Scott, ESPN Sports Center anchor, grew up in Vienna. Um, I Rand- thought you were going to choose Henderson, North Carolina today. Henderson, North Carolina, hello, is, uh, is another good option because it's the hometown of uh, Tate Frazier, who you'll hear from shortly. Tate's here to tell all. Uh, Tate's here to tell us what the hell Mark Titus did to him. And, and the nation waits with bated breath. But now, two fun interviews. It was a wild weekend in college hoops. Um, the interview with Randy uh, we have done. It's something a little different. 
Um, yeah. I've gotten positive reviews from the fellows in the room. Y'all are gassing me up. I appreciate that. No gassing required. That was spectacular. I was like, I was really engaged with that interview. It was a cool way to get to know Randy, who seems like an awesome dude. Randy does seem like an awesome dude, and it's it's been good to get to know him a very little bit. And um, um, we talk about a lot of different things. And Randy said last night that he was really excited to be on the show, and it's genuine because he's a fan of the show. It's always cool to hear that. And I told him, well, I was uh, genuinely very nervous because, yeah. as you can tell, C. Long, still not in the building. Now, if C. Long is returning by airplane Wednesday night, he's probably down the mountain, yeah? I assume listening to this very pod on the way down. We hope he's down the mountain. Yeah. Should C. Long not return from this voyage, well, for one, this open will be a little bit awkward. <laughs> and two, the show moving forward is going to be different. Uh, but we hope for his uh, uh, safe return and... Um, and he'll be back in the studio Thursday for you for a Friday release, Thursday or Friday release? Thursday release, Tuesday, Thursday, this off season. Nice. Awesome. Uh, Tate and Randy coming up. Uh, a lot of news in the last several days, and we'll get into more of these stories in depth with Chris. Aaron Rodgers has emerged from his four-day darkness retreat in a record two days. <laughs> Incredible. He owns every single offseason. Layup line. The sound of silence, which you all might know as Hello Darkness, my old friend, Paul Simon. You and I used to listen to a lot of Paul Simon. Hello yeah. Darkness, um, um, me and Julio down by the schoolyard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt about it. Would you want to do a darkness retreat? Well, yes. And boy, do I love my family, Matt. But if it's, um, if it's just me in a bunch of darkness, and there's a cot. Bed doesn't need to be nice. If there's a cot, I would love to catch up on a couple years worth of, um, not like, it, it's it's not low sleep, it's just lower sleep than mm-hmm. I'm used to for the previous 34 years So you're of basically life. thinking about the absence of light being conducive to just catching up on yeah, sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they said uh, Aaron had a, a like a meditation mat. Mm-hmm. I can get down with that. Great. For sure. Although if and he was allowed out to like walk around and stuff, it's not it wasn't like jail. He wasn't in the hole, so it does sound like a very pleasant weekend. I don't know why he didn't run out the clock on those four days. <laughs> um, we'll also talk about Russell Wilson this week. There's an article in the Athletic. It said a lot of things, including that um, Russ had a office uh, next to the coaches on the second <laughs> floor of the Broncos facility. That's bold. He told his teammates that his door was always open. I'm shocked this didn't work out. Had his physical therapist in the building, quarterback's coach, his own quarterback's coach, not the Broncos quarterback's mm-hmm. coach, but sounds like uh, Sean Payton's not going to be uh, uh, hip to those accommodations moving forward. The Bears are shopping the number one pick, as they should. Noted Bears fan Dan Katz mm-hmm. is on record as saying, trade Justin Fields too. Crazy. And that might be a little too strong, but um, there is a uh, there is a path to a process here with the Bears, and if they just middle it and move the number one pick, that would seem to make the most sense. But soon they'll have to pay Justin Fields is the issue. If you want to totally tank, get as many assets as possible. Hey, I mentioned this. We talked about is Justin Fields for sure the guy, and he might be, but is he going to be the guy for a 
currently what one or two or three win team. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be hard to to pull a squad up like that, no matter the haul you get by moving the number one. In the NBA, they might try to trade the like semi-established young star because it's just a tankathon league where you're always looking at the next great player, like we all are with Victor right now. But in the NFL, you got to at least be like a little bit competitive for your fans. Hey, six segue. Let them do that. Six segue, Kingston. Uh, Joel hit a 75-footer. Oh my God! Mere seconds after the the, I don't think we say the horn went off. It's got to be the light on the backboard. After the light came on, mm-hmm. uh, the ball was still in his hands. But Jason Tatum had a three in a tie game to beat the Sixers. Uh, Embiid it looked like potentially could have tied it from inside the opposite three-point arc. But even after it went through, Embiid said, nah, yeah. it was late, and indeed it was. I love this time of year right before college basketball tournaments get going. Everybody starts paying a little bit of attention to the NBA. I don't know if you saw last night. We can maybe talk about this as a topic, too. Damian Lillard scored 71 points. Yeah, and he held up the piece of paper with the 71. That's always cool. <laughs> yeah. I think they should take more time on that because Wilt's so iconic. It kind of looked like just a thin pen marker. Yeah. You need to go with, like, a Sharpie. I think that's part of the shtick because, like, Wilt's was so, uh, like, just quickly done and not really, like, perfectly laid out, just 100 on a white piece of paper. 71 should get like a post-it note. <laughs> it wouldn't shock me, by the way, if we see somebody score 80 here pretty soon. It's going to happen. I mean, Donovan Mitchell had 71 earlier this season. The Cobe, yeah. Uh, and the Bucks are, uh, is that a done deal at 3.5 Billy? Yeah, the Bucks are being sold to the owners of the Cleveland Browns, the Haslam family, for $3.5 billion. They bought it for $550 million in 2014, so pretty nice good investment. Nice return. Nice return. Giannis probably didn't didn't hurt. Um, if you couldn't tell already, this is the uh, headline section of the podcast before we get to the interviews. Baseball news, huh? It might be fixed, dude. Change all of your rules and, and you'll get talked about. Pitch clock, but also uh, a batter clock. You got you to gotta be in the box or you got to stay in the box. We'll get into all of this later in the week, but there are some games that are being two hours, 20 minutes. Yeah. Last year's games were like almost three hours long on average. Now it'll probably be like 230, 240. It's so much better. Just so much better, but just wait for people to complain no matter what. Oh, I used to love going to the ballpark and sitting there for three and a half hours and having seven suds and eating the hot dog and having the soft pretzel. What have they done to my pastime? Bases are bigger. That's electric. We got the ghost runner and extra innings, which you – Ghost Runner, who's not an really actual a ghost human runner. being. Yep. Um, I like the new rules. Anything to speed up that game, man. Yeah, it just needs a little um, infusion of um, something different if they want to. I think they're going to maintain the current fan base. If they want to grow it, they want to bring people back. Yeah. Yeah. Let's well, make a few changes. I doubt you were watching baseball this weekend, so did you watch any of this uh, crazy college hoops weekend? Yeah, not so weekend in college hoops. We'll get into it with Tate, but it, it felt like March Madness. Buzzer beaters all over the place, upsets, stare downs, unfortunate pat downs. Um, it had it all. And I do want to mention um, the great Terry Holland, who sadly is now the late great Terry Holland, uh, coach at Virginia. Um, he was the coach when when Ralph Sampson manned the grounds here at UVA mm-hmm. and Terry Holland passed. I actually, I, I don't know if it was yesterday or overnight, but the announcement was made this morning uh, that he has died. He had been sick for a little while. 
and every single obituary tribute, et cetera, is going to call the guy a gentleman. And mm-hmm. that's the truth. He was awesome. Um, this, this would not be what Terry Holland would do, but I'll make it about me for five seconds. <laughs> sure. Um, when we played in the final four in 2019 in Minneapolis, there was a UVA charter and I go to sit down and next to me is Terry Holland and his wife, Ann. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you've met Ann, uh, there's no sweeter person in the world, but, um, I, I let them be, um, I didn't, I didn't want to bother the coach, but, um, for, uh, a guy who was a big UVA hoops fan growing up um, and continues to be sitting next to Terry Holland was just about the coolest thing in the world. And he will uh, be missed. Coach Bennett just passed Terry on the, on the all time uh, UVA wins list. And um, you know, coach Bennett credits Terry Holland with proving what Virginia basketball could be. Yeah. And so uh, we'll miss the coach and our thoughts are with uh, and and the Holland family and um, one thing before we get to Tate, just because this connects back in the 80s, uh, I believe Terry Holland's dog was named Dean. So I, you know, driving in, I thought about once I, I heard the news about Coach Holland, I thought about seeing if this was urban legend or not. He says it wasn't named after Dean Smith. It was named after a neighbor. Kind of a strange name for a dog. Yeah. Dean. 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 A- unless the the story went, you know, he wanted to. Sure. be able to tell Dean Smith to, to sit, sit down. down. He, he, he wanted Dean Smith to, to listen to him, so he named his dog Dean. Whether or not that story is true, um, um, part, of the, true to me. part of the legend of a, of a great man who will be missed. All righty, uh, fun show. Um, Tate Frazier, Randy Scott, uh, Chris back on Thursday. Here we go. Cash App. The easy way to send, spend, save, and invest with friends. Cash App helps you connect effortlessly with your finances and with your people, and that's money. I love going on a float with my buddies and my custom Cash App card. We head out to the James River. We pick up some drinks. We pick up some snacks along the way. Somebody pays with their custom Cash App card, and we all share our cash tags and split the bill. That is what friends are for. Cash App provides us with an easy way to send and spend money, save and invest in stock and Bitcoin. Cash App, however, does not provide a dry pair of pants. You want to remember that when you get off the river. Try the number one finance app in the App Store. Whether sending, spending, saving, investing, splitting, tipping, donating, or gifting, that's money and that's Cash App. Download Cash App from the App Store or Google Play Store today to create your own cash tag. The new year is here, and there's no better way to kick off 2023 than by making sure you're feeling like your best self. Liquid IV is the category-winning hydration brand that's fueling your well-being, and their hydration multiplier is the one product you're missing in your daily routine. In just one stick, you get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone. Liquid IV is kind of like a jack-of-all-trades. I can use it with a hangover. I can use it when I get home from a night of drinking. I can use it before a workout. I can use it after a workout. Uh, I can use it when I'm just feeling a little foggy and I got to fire on all cylinders to deliver these takes. My favorite flavor is watermelon, but I'll try any of them. They got Concord grape, lemon lime, pina colada, tropical punch, strawberry, passion fruit, guava, acai berry. With three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks, 
made with premium ingredients, non-GMO, and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. Liquid IV is on a mission to change the world. To date, Liquid IV has donated over 25 million servings in 50 plus countries around the world. Grab your Liquid IV in bulk nationwide at Costco, or you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code GREENLIGHT at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code GREENLIGHT at liquidiv.com. We talked to Randy Scott of SportsCenter fame for about an hour uh, this morning. And I was... I was I was over prepped. Yeah. And nervous. I was nervous. Yeah. I've been there. Not I've that I'm there. not nervous talking to the pride of Henderson, North Carolina. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I, I, I feel the same way. I did like a Harry Giles interview years ago, like solo without Titus for like the first time, and I was like I was like, I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was at <laughs> JPJ had just opened, and Dave Lato was the Virginia coach, and they were recruiting Ed Davis, oh, who I love you Ed Davis. you might be familiar with, yeah. from Richmond, went to Carolina, and um, Ed was at some camp at JPJ, and I had you know the little recorder, and I'm going to take it back to the radio station later, and I'm like, so Ed, this uh, big fifteen thousand seat arena, state of the art, will this have any influence on your decision? And he said, nah. And I, <laughs> and I said, no. And he goes, nah. And that was the yeah, end of the no. interview. Nah. <laughs> that was the end of the interview. And I was like, all right, well, we got it. Yeah, and, well, uh, we got the goods. We got the bite. <laughs> shortly thereafter, um, Ed Davis selected North Carolina over Virginia, which we will get to here uh, momentarily. But let's jump right into the weekend yeah. that was. Um, I was going to ask for a vibe check on this college hoop season, but um, I think the answer we got at least Saturday and Sunday is it's it's March vibes. We uh, that was a that was a tournament feel to this past weekend. Yeah, this weekend was uh, one word was insane. Maybe like you know a more professional term would be bedlam. Uh, some people would say madness, but I don't want to get sued. So I uh, <laughs> I saw a lot of good basketball, and uh, I was watching the Arizona State Arizona game live, um, and I saw that happen in real time. I think that was the one that really broke my brain. Um, Miami, uh, Florida State, watching Jordan Miller hit that three, him celebrate, and then have Matthew Cleveland hit the game winning three in his face was one of those great moments in basketball where it's like uh, you're on top of the mountain and then you get kicked off the mountain in a split second. That was that was fun to see. And uh, I don't know, just the hits kept coming. And uh, I kept saying to myself, man, is it is it March already? It feels like it should be. Yeah, and then we have Iowa-Michigan State and Fran McCaffrey steals the show. It's hard to steal the show when you win a game where you were down 13 with 90 seconds to go and down 11 with 60 seconds to go. Um but the stare down will live on, I think, forever, at least as long as we're alive. I mean, it's not just Fran's going to Fran. Right. Fran is, Fran is Fran. But it's uh, staring at the official. It's then taking the steps closer to the official. And I think the official thinks, okay, does he want to say something? <laughs> like not in a confrontational way, but I will right. – I will meet him halfway in case he wants to have a conversation because I just feel really awkward at the moment. So then the ref takes a step closer to Fran McCaffrey and then they still just nothing is no words are exchanged. It's really awkward. A player is trying to grab 
Coach McCaffrey. Um, I, there's not a question in there, Tate. I just it's it's unlike anything I've ever seen before. Yeah, I feel like Fran McCaffrey at the start of the year, he said to his staff, I'm going to get as many technicals this year without saying any curse words. I'm not going to curse. I'm not going to um, MF these guys, but I'm going to get the technical fouls that I usually get. One of my favorites was from January earlier this year where he got a technical by saying to the official over and over and over again, I'm okay. I'm okay. He just kept saying, I'm okay, but with the most threatening, insane, red face that you've ever seen in your entire life. And when I saw that, I said, man, Fran McCaffrey, he's working at a different level than everybody else who's getting teed up. You know, the Dan Hurleys of the world who might call you an effing clown and things like that. He needs the derogatory remarks. Fran doesn't even need that anymore. And the fact that he could stare down an official... And not only just stare down the official, but have this entire moment on social media where you have both sides of the equation where some people were saying, this is disrespectful to the game. Why act like a child? You're supposed to be setting the example. We we love those types. And then on the other side, there's people like me that are like, this is what we came for. This is the comedy that we want in college basketball. These are the characters that we want in college basketball. And let's be honest, Macon, what happened? It won them the game. It, it changed uh, everything. I'm, I'm not sure how that really works, but uh, you know, one of my favorite sayings is, "If I'm going to get blown out, I'm going to get thrown out." And I think in that moment in time, Fran McCaffrey was like, "There's, there's one of two ways this goes. One way, I stare this man down and he throws me out of the game and we lose." And my fans say, "Well, at least Fran took, you know, stuck his neck out for us." Or two, it goes the way that it did. They start making shots. Everything goes in, and uh, we go to overtime, and Iowa gets the win. So, if anything, I left that game, and I said, Fran McCaffrey, tip of the cap. Yeah, I traveled with Virginia basketball for about 13 years as stack guy for the radio broadcast. Lowest yeah. man on the totem pole, and I could not have had any more fun. But at, <laughs> at JPJ, the staff, especially in the early days, would tape a piece of paper on the side of the scores table with the three officials' names – and faces, which right. makes sense. You you want to know who you're talking to, especially when you're new to a conference. But for whatever reason, it also had phone numbers, <laughs> which was a problem for your boy because uh, I think for the only time in his career, maybe there's been another one, but Jamie Lucky tees up Tony Bennett, the mm. the nicest man in the history of the world, uh, right. because and Tony asked for it because this is way back in the days of uh, – coats and ties tony took his jacket off and threw it um like like over our bench not not bobby knight style onto the court but over our bench and jamie lucky teed him up so i'm early 20s and uh i i i grab jamie lucky's phone number from this piece of paper i go and have a few suds out on the town it was a saturday night and between the hours of one and four a.m I gave Jamie Lucky a phone call. I shouldn't be saying any of this. I gave Jamie <laughs> Lucky a phone call and um, got his voicemail. I don't think I was particularly kind, um, nor was I uh, an asshole, but I just let him know that I, I um, didn't agree with his treatment of my coach. Um, once again, Tate, not a question, but a story. <laughs> and um, and uh, 
But I love I love these stories. I will say this, Megan, coming on the show with you, I was so excited because this is what I want. I want I want to hear the inside baseball making stories that are going to get me fired up. And if you told me beforehand that Jamie Lucky was going to be on the bingo card, <laughs> I would have said this is exactly what I'm here for. So yeah, if, if Chris were here, it'd be like Ted Valentine. Everybody's got a Ted Valentine story. Everybody's got a TV but, Teddy story. Yeah, yeah. If when it's just me, it's uh, it's Jamie Lucky. Okay, um, Michigan, Wisconsin, another crazy finish. Does Tate Frazier have a hard and fast foul up three rule, whether it be time on the clock or universal yes, universal no? Uh, it, it seemed like Wisconsin was trying to, but they, they couldn't. Hunter Dickinson hits the three. You're the coach. Do you have that rule? Does it need to be under five seconds? Who was I watching? I've been watching a lot of hoops, Tate. I think it was East Carolina that started fouling the other night with like 13 seconds just to do the whole free throw game. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was too early, but worked out for him. Do you have the hard and fast rule? Um, second question, Hunter Dickinson, your thoughts. <laughs> All right. I'll start with the first part. You said hard and fast rule, universal rule. I think my universal rule is whatever works. Uh, I am, I am the king of captain hindsight because I've learned with the, the, the foul up three rule. It's all about hindsight, you know, and I saw, uh, after the Wisconsin game, Greg Gard did one of my favorite things, which is he said he told his guys to foul. You know, he's yeah. like, I, I did my part. I, yeah. I told my guys that they need to foul. They didn't get the job done. He even went as far as to say maybe the official didn't see the foul that they put on Hunter Dickinson, which is these are the things that you have to do as a coach. You have to you have to leave room for doubt, room for uncertainty. Say this is my philosophy, but sometimes, you know, in the game the, the philosophy doesn't always work out. At the end of the day, if you are Wisconsin, you say to yourself, we'll give Hunter Dickinson that heave, right? I mean, yeah. uh, you, maybe you foul him, you try to, but if, if that's the shot that Michigan is going to get with 2.7 seconds left, I think you go and you say, okay, we're all right with that. We're okay with that happening. It does go in. It does lead to an overtime win. As a guy who, you know, watched my North Carolina Tar Heels beat Michigan and have to, I have to care about the quads and the net and things like this, making as you know, mm-hmm. I was fired up about this game. I mean, I, I'm, I'm pounding my chest. I'm acting like I, I'm, I'm yelling hail to the victors. I'm yelling go blue. Uh, this is what the net has done to us as fans. We have to, we have to pull for these other teams and act like we give a shit. Uh, so in that moment, um, I, I have never really liked Hunter Dickinson. Who could, you know, why would you? There but you when go. he hit that shot, there was something deep in my soul that said, maybe I was wrong about this guy. You know, I, I don't really hate anybody. I'm an ELE guy. Everybody love everybody. So when Hunter Dickinson hit that shot, I said there was a little bit of spark there. Maybe maybe I don't hate him as much as I thought I did. Um, and again, this is all net-based. This is the reason why I felt that way about it. But uh, Jawan Howard, after the game, crying. Did you see this? He, he cried after the game. Or at least he tried to conjure up some tears. I'm not going to say he cried. He, he got a little choked up talking about how rude and mean and how much uh, you know the brunt of the the hate that that Hunter takes on his shoulders um he was trying to you know endear himself to to the people so look in that moment in time i said look hunter dickinson on this night on this day as a fan of the net not really a fan of the net but as someone that has to deal with the net i will give you your flowers i will give you your moment it was a good moment it was a great shot obviously and uh for them to go into overtime and get the win I'm all good with it but again in college basketball if it works it was a great call if it didn't you're an idiot and uh that is that is the dichotomy that we all agree to and we all live in so no matter what your universal rule is eventually it's going to be wrong and uh, Roy Williams is the perfect example of that because he had a few of those uh against Clemson Clemson obviously had the uh defeated streak in Chapel Hill 
Uh, Roy was really kicking himself for not fouling when they were up three, and and we all know what happened. Clemson ends up getting their first win in Chapel Hill. So there's some seminal moments where you got the foul up three, you know, conversation. But at the end of the day, if it works, you're a genius. If it doesn't, you're an idiot, and uh, that's the world we live in. That's well said by you, and we'll get to Carolina's lone uh, quad one win of the uh, season here in a little Hopefully bit. Hopefully, too. That's why I need Michigan. Michigan, keep winning. Um, Indiana, uh, mm. hand up. Um, I didn't think the Mike Woodson experiment was going to work, and it it, it works. Even if it's even if it's a a perennially ranked team that is going to have the potential to make noise in the dance that works. And now they've swept Purdue. Can Purdue be trusted? We have the two young guards. We have Zach Eady. What if he picks up two fouls early in a tournament game? Right. Uh, Does Indiana suddenly have the same sort of ceiling as Purdue based on what they showed this weekend? Um, They have, they have dudes up and down the roster. Yeah, they have this guy, Jalen hood Shafino, who is, uh, you know, maybe not the best freshman in the country. Obviously, we can talk about the other freshman that has gotten his own headlines and is the best freshman in the country. Yeah. But I think Jalen hood Shafino, and obviously I, Xavier Johnson is a great player and the injury is n- nothing you ever want to see. But the fact that he goes out and it opened up this this lane for hood Shafino to take and really to show what kind of player he is. I mean, he's a three-level scorer. He is not afraid of the moment. He is probably one of the best pure players we've seen at Indiana in quite some times when we talk about guards, maybe since, you know, a decade ago when we talk about Oladipo. So Hood Shafino is a legit potential fringe lottery guy that you have on your team. And my 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 knock on Indiana always has been with this group is that I really like Trace Jackson Davis. But is Trace Jackson Davis really going to be your number one guy that goes and takes you to the Final Four and takes you to the title? I'm not really sold on that. I never have been. I think he's a really, really good player, obviously. But in that game against Purdue, when Trace kind of pulled himself back and said, I'm going to facilitate this game and I'm going to let Hood Shafino be our primary scoring option, I think that's the best case scenario for Indiana. I think that's when they're going to be the best version of themselves, when you can kind of rotate race and trace and let those guys kind of build up the fouls. But regardless, you're going to depend on Hood Shafino to get you buckets when you need them. I, I find Indiana fascinating. I also love that Mike Woodson is, uh, and Indiana fans may complain about this, but I do like he's playing the long game all season. It felt, felt like he let the growing pains happen. It felt very NBA at times where, you know, they play at Rutgers and you're saying to yourself, why aren't you trying to win this game? But, you know, he's just letting it all play out because he's trying to get, you know, this team prepared for March. I think they are much more prepared for March than they were even a year ago. Obviously, we remember the St. Mary's game. St. Mary's a very tough program, very tough team, very well coached. Randy Bennett, one of the best coaches in the country. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of this Indiana team. I uh, I had some, you know, some doubts at times throughout the season, but they've been tested, right? You go to Arizona, you play a great front court, you kind of get bullied around. They, they had to deal with some of the – I remember the fans were writing in letters, right? That was a big moment where Trace Jackson Davis was getting all this hate mail and, and they kind of had this little downturn and then they, they bounced back. There's a resiliency with this team. Uh, there's a belief with this team. And I think that they love Mike Woodson. And I think Mike Woodson has really convinced these guys that they should beat Purdue every time they play him. They should be a Final Four you know, contender. And they should be talking about national titles because they're Indiana. And we got so far removed from that uh, in the zeitgeist and the conversation about the Hoosiers that now that it's right in front of our face, 
you know, everyone wants to poke holes and figure out why that's not the case, but I think it is. I, I think that they really could be a second weekend, potentially Final Four type team if a guy like Huchifino gets hot. So I'm in on the Hoosiers. I like them. I like it. And and Purdue, um, we'll, we'll just have to see. For me, um, I have a soft spot in my heart for Purdue because um, – uh, we all witnessed. I was there for the tap back, the Kihei right. Tamamadi to to get to the Final Four. Um, that game was played in Louisville. Um, best game I've ever seen in person. Carson Edwards went nuts. But if it's not going to be the Wahoos, uh, um, I wouldn't mind seeing Matt Painter and Purdue get one. Um, which which of those two teams do you think is better? That 2019 team. This team does. Does this team have the goods? the The new AP poll is out. Uh, Purdue holding steady at five at twenty four and five. So you think they're on the one or the two line? Is there anything preventing from preventing them from making a deep run? And is it the the youth of those guards? I think it's the youth of the guards, and I think it's also you know you mentioned the twenty nineteen team. If Carson, if Diakite doesn't make that shot, Kihei doesn't make that amazing pass. I think there's a world in which Purdue maybe wins a national championship. I, yeah. I really do. I think Carson Edwards was arguably the best player in the tournament. And um, <laughs> we all saw it. Like you said, it was one of the best games you ever saw live. So that is a, a kudos to Matt Painter and Purdue, the program, but also kind of the damning part of college basketball because you can be a tier one, A1, best coach in the country type program but if you don't get to the final four, if you don't get over the hump, then everyone says you're you're a scrub, you're a bust, you're this, you're that. I hope Purdue can make a run. I hope they at least get to the Sweet 16. I really do. I hope that they they you know get to the second weekend and give themselves a chance. They need to make a final four. I'm not saying they need to win the national championship this year, but I would love first final four since 1980. That would be a nice feather in the cap. It would be nice for Matt Painter to kind of get that monkey off his back, so to speak. So in general, I, just like you, Macon, would be very happy for Purdue to kind of get their moment in the sun, especially after St. Peter's last year when you have a guy like Ivy and all that talent. Um, I don't know. This team is more of a team than maybe last year's team, but obviously last year's team was more talented. I think the 2019 team was more talented. Um, but you got these X factors. A guy like Mason Gillis who hit, I think, nine threes in one game this year. I mean, he, who knows? Maybe maybe in a Sweet 16 game he gets hot and he, you know, he makes seven threes, and that's enough for Purdue to, to sneak away with a win in a game that they maybe should not have won. Um, so I, I, the more that I watch Purdue and the more that I, I kind of see this team play out, I do think that they had the ultimate mismatch, and I do think that they have one of the best coach, if not the best coach in the country, and those are two good things to have on your side when you get to the NCAA tournament. No doubt. Alabama got by South Carolina mm. and Arkansas close this week, uh, tied her 25-4, and four, and led by Brandon Miller. And, um, you know, we don't need to make light of what is a serious um, situation, ongoing criminal investigation, but for heaven's sakes, fellas, we can't do the pat down in the in the starting lineups. And and Nate Oates has come out and said, yeah, we're we're going to stop that. After first saying he almost did it again. He said, I don't pay attention to what the guys are doing at the at the end of the starting lineup introduction. And, and then he stopped himself and said, you know what, we'll we'll put an end to that, which uh, is the right answer. I almost uh, this is the part where we say they're. They're 18 years old, but I almost blame, and I don't know who it is, 
But the walk-on, who was like, you know what, Brandon? Let's keep going with the pat-down celebration. That seems like a good idea in light of everything else that's going on. And I think the walk-on was the fall guy, right? Like, he got in trouble. They actually ended oh, right? up... Uh, oh, I haven't yeah, seen that. I think that they, they uh, ended up uh, disciplining the walk-on, um, which is, you know, classic college basketball. Like, it, it can't be our, our best player. We got we to gotta make sure that we get the walk-on in trouble. I think this. I think that Nate Oates is doing a great job trying to convince people that he's not Mark Godfrey 2.0. And right. I think Mark Godfrey 2.0 is right in front of our face. He just has a better PR team. And he might be a better basketball coach when we talk about X's and O's and putting guys in the right position. Alabama leads the country in pace. They have the most possessions per game in the country. They have the highest ceiling of any team in the country. They have the most talented player potentially in the country. Freshman, senior, whoever it is, Brandon Miller is probably the most talented player in college basketball. But the problem with this team is that I think there's too much sideshow. I think there's too much going on. And I think that they're, you know, they don't want to play the PR game as we've seen with the way they've handled this thing. But they have to, and they have to address this stuff. And when you have bad juju around you and you have everyone saying that you're the bad guys and, and we should be pulling against you, I think Brandon Miller, from all accounts, from everyone I've talked to, he seems like he's a really well-to-do kid. And when you're a good kid and they're trying to make you be now the villain, I mean, I, I just think that is a recipe for disaster, especially when it comes to a single elimination tournament and, uh, you know, you're a young team and you're in these kind of, you know, in the fire type situations. That's what I worry more about with this Alabama team. But again, their ceiling is higher than anybody. They can beat anybody. And they can also, similar to Kansas, they could be down 15, 20 points in a game and they could come back and win. And, and, I, and I won't be blown away by it. I won't be shocked because they have that many possessions in a game. They can speed up a game. And when you have a guy like Miller who can go for 35, 40 points, 41 points like he did against South Carolina, that's a nice weapon to have in your arsenal. So I don't know. It's, it's in general with this Alabama team, it's unfortunate because I wish that we could just talk about the basketball. But it is so insane. And Macon, you know this. You've been around college basketball a long time. It feels like every time we get like a new rule, like NIL or something, we're like, okay, we're getting rid of the seediness in college basketball. Oh, oh, it's going to be – now we can – our conscience is clear. We can talk about this, this sport that we love without any of the hangups. And then you look at this season. we got New Mexico State. we got Alabama. I mean, it, it just continues yeah. to continues to disappoint – and I, I would like to be an optimist and say that there is a day where we won't have to talk about these types of stories in college basketball. But I swear to God, I don't think it's ever going to end, unfortunately. And uh, I hate that it has to be um, about one of the best teams in the country. Well, let's, let's stay right there. And um, all the disclaimers go without saying alleged and, and, right. and charges not being uh, pursued. And I'm going with a different story, Tate. And that's the the Texas Longhorns um, mm. without their um, very good basketball coach, Chris Beard. Let's talk about the big 12. Generally, you mentioned Kansas. They seem to be the, the cream of the crop. And this is without Agbaji, McCormick, Christian Brown, Remy Martin, all those names from last year are gone and they're still really good. And news to me, Grady Dick is a lottery pick. I had no idea, um, yeah. but that's where we are. Uh, so Kansas is really good. Number two in the Big 12, I really like Baylor in terms of March just because of the guards, and hopefully Keontae George um, isn't too hurt, but Cryer and Flagler. And then I look at uh, 
TCU and Texas sort of in that in that same group. How do you break down the Big 12? We've been told all year that it's it is the best conference, but there are some interesting storylines, including Texas with um, an interim coach. Yeah, I like Rodney Terry. I think Rodney Terry is a good coach. I think he's a good uh, fit with this group of, of Texas players. I think my favorite player in the Big 12 is six-man Serge Jabari Rice that comes off the bench for Texas. Yeah. Um, I love that three-guard lineup. When Baylor won the title in 2021 with those three guards, um, you know that that to me kind of was a nice blueprint of how the Big 12 uh, can can continue to to roll and win titles. Um, Baylor weirdly. In, in a strange way, kind of reminds me of late aughts uh, or late uh, teens uh, Villanova, where they lost in the second round last year, very similar to what Villanova did in 2017 when they lost to Wisconsin and Nigel Hayes. We remember the little Jordan, the, the little up and under to win that game. And then Villanova came back the next year and absolutely dominated in the tournament. I'm not saying that uh, Baylor is going to do that, but I think Baylor losing last year to North Carolina, they get down 27 um, Brady Manick gets thrown out of the game or tossed with about 10 minutes left. We have an insane sequence. We go to overtime. I left that game and I said, Baylor's going to be back and they're going to be back with a vengeance. Um, I would not be shocked at all if Baylor is in the final four. I would not be shocked at all if I close my eyes and the Baylor Bears are your national champions and Kentucky fans are looking up John Calipari's buyout and they're saying, <laughs> how do we get Scott Drew to Lexington? That That would not surprise me at all. Um, I think there are three teams in the Big 12 that legit could win the national championship, and I'm not going to bat an eye at all, at all. And I think Kansas, I wouldn't be shocked if they repeat first time since Florida. Baylor, I wouldn't be shocked just because of the talent that they have. Chachawa coming back, I think that he's a nice defensive force for that group, and he's also just a nice guy that galvanizes that locker room. They're, they're going to do whatever it takes to get a win. They're going to get dirty. So Baylor is one of those teams. And then I think Texas, just because of that backcourt, just because of the talent, and I think Rodney Terry is a good coach. I think Rodney Terry should get consideration to be the head coach at Texas. We'll see what happens with that. But the fact that you have a conference with 10 teams and three of them could win the national championship and, yeah. and it's not going to shock or surprise anybody, I think that is uh, that, that says something about the Big 12. And they're obviously the class of college basketball. And you know this uh, you know, with Virginia. I mean, playing Texas Tech, right? I mean, what a tough game that was in 2019. And they, you know, if things go their way, they could have won another national championship there for their conference. So I don't doubt the Big 12. I don't uh, say anything bad about the Big 12. I just am praying that Kansas doesn't repeat because they have every single thing you need to repeat. And uh, they can switch anything. K.J. Adams is the X factor at the five. He's about six seven, but he doesn't play like it. So I, uh, the more that I keep closing my eyes, making, I keep seeing the Jayhawks winning the title. Okay. I'm going to talk to you about something that's near and dear to your heart. And that's the eight, nine line, something you're very <laughs> familiar with, something you might yes. be even more familiar with this year. We'll see. Um, oh, man. Who if we're these... lucky. Hey, you got Florida state Monday night. Um, you guys listening already know the result. It's a, it's a Carolina win. I, I assume you get Duke to end it. I think you're fine, but I'm going to give you your flowers here in a second. Mm-hmm. Of, of these potential 8-9 teams, who do the ones not want to see? This is my group. Iowa, NC State, Rutgers, Kentucky, Arkansas, Illinois, Maryland, Pittsburgh, Providence. It's Selection mm. Sunday. You see those teams come up. Who do you want to be as far away from as possible? I think the one I'll start with is NC State. I think NC State, if they win the 8-9 game, 
that that's really the test with NC State. I could see yeah. NC State losing the eight nine game and missing the opportunity to to spoil a, and be the one seed there, yeah. uh, or spoil the one seed there. So that is a team that I look at. Arkansas um, with Ricky Council with Anthony Black, um, you know, with Nick Richards back. Um, I just uh, or Nick Smith, sorry. Nick Richards has played at Kentucky and now plays on my Hornets. Uh, but with those three guys back, I think they have a lot of talent. I wish Trevon Brazil did not get hurt. I mean, we saw um, this Arkansas team in Maui. They have some of the most talented guys you'll find. Um, I would not want to see them if I'm a Purdue, right? I would not want to see Arkansas. That would that would be a nightmare kind of matchup. Um, so I think Arkansas, NC State. I mean, and then you could talk yourself into maybe an Illinois or something like that, just just if they're hot. But, you know, after I watched Illinois against Ohio State the other day, I, I don't think that would be a team that's on the tip of my tongue. But NC State, this is the kind of stuff that they're built for. I still go back and beckon back to Julius Hodge when they beat uh, UConn back in 2005. And Julius Hodge said to the crowd, I told y'all, I told mm-hmm. y'all. Yeah. Um, that is uh, that is the DNA of NC State, and they have the guard play with Joyner and, and Terquavion Smith, and uh, I love DJ Burns. I think DJ Burns is a guy that if they need a bucket, they can go inside to him, and he's got a nice little swag to him and uh, carries himself in, in, in a way with a little bit of cachet. So I don't know. I, I keep going back to the Wolfpack, and we're 40 years from 1983, the Cardiac Pack, so why not? Why not make some noise uh, and get people talking about that again? You did mention Casey Morsell, great glue mm. guy, great Yeah, defender. I love Morsell. Yeah. Uh, Turquavion, skinniest guy, um, <laughs> skinniest bucket I've ever seen. And even right. like the, the longest fingers, too, I, I've ever seen. I, I um, got to see him up close. Really, the last time Virginia played well, um, about a month ago. Uh, but he was, um, he was a delight to watch. Okay. Yeah, they're a fun just, team. Just generally, do you prefer this college basketball season to one where there is a, a 30 and 0 team where we're tuning in to see if they go down because you know Houston's 27 and 2 um they're not running the the gauntlet that is some of these other conferences but there are no goliaths uh I kind of like it I kind of like the the turnover at the top um I kind of like weekends like we just have where there is uh bedlam a great Tate word um but I can also see the argument where um we have the one team with the target on its back, uh, the hunted, the undefeated club. Mm. Which do you prefer? I prefer it like this, I think. I mean, we, we joked, uh, Titus and I, when we were doing our show, we joked about everyone sucks. I don't think everyone sucks. I think that's a little bit of a, a bridge too far. I think there's four teams that kind of sit in a different tier for me, um, and that is Kansas that's going to sit at that tier, that's Houston that's going to sit at that tier, that's UCLA that's going to sit at that tier, and that's Alabama. I think those four teams... They're, they're on the national title, those four. I think they're all on their path to win a national championship. So that's kind of where I like it to be, where we have about 10 to 12 teams that are really in the mix, and then there's four or five that could really win the title uh, if you close your eyes and, and really think about who could actually be the national champion. So it's a good spot to be in. I think it's fun for everybody in the tournament. The worst-case scenario would be, uh, you know, kind of, I mean, not the worst case, I guess, but like, you know, a UConn 2011-2014 type scenario where, you know, I mean, even this year, a team like Marquette, you know, if you if you told me Marquette won the championship, I'm like, okay, I, number, I can see it. Number six in the country, Marquette, as of about an hour ago. 
Yeah, the highest AP ranking, uh, you know, since the 80s or the, the late 70s, I think, with Al McGuire. 1978 is what I saw. So there you go. So may, maybe that's a team that's fun. Um, but in general, I think there's four teams that are in their own, you know, stratosphere as far as what they expect and what they can do in the tournament. And it's those, those four that I mentioned. But every single one of these teams has kind of an Achilles heel. You know, when you look at the front court of Kansas, you're saying maybe a team that has some depth in the front court could give them some issues or Alabama, you know, we've already talked about all their off the court stuff. There's an Achilles heel there. Houston. I mean, you know, there's always going to be that question. Is this team been tested in the, the American conference? Um, so, and then UCLA is UCLA, right? People were saying, show it, prove it to me. You haven't won a title since 1995, you know, show me something West coast basketball. So, with even the top teams, like I said, there's always something you can poke a hole in, which is fun this year. And that's why I've had a lot of people reach out to me and say, I think this team, I think that team, I think this, I think that. And, uh, you know, even UConn fans have been reaching out to me and they're saying, don't don't forget about us. You know, you saw us in the PK Invitational. And I'm like, yeah, wasn't that in November? <laughs> but it doesn't matter. Everyone can buy into their own sample size and believe in their team this year. And uh, that's been fun. I think that's the best case scenario. All right. We were uh, DMing. I almost offered to like sing Tar Heel Born for you or something like that. But then I realized, no, this is a foregone conclusion that Carolina is going to beat Virginia on Saturday because Carolina's back is against the wall. They need to keep winning to make the tournament. Virginia is limping, to put it nicely. Um, We don't quite know what to do in terms of uh, lineups, which is a tough look in late February. Um and your guards who chuck it up there, uh, it's it has to go in at some point. I think Caleb Love, Caleb Love was one of eight from deep, and it was that first one that was banked in. UNC gets Virginia 71-63 on Saturday at the Dean Dome. Congratulations. Uh, uh, You're like Tyrese, congratulations. <laughs> um, is this is this Carolina team at all like last year's Carolina team can they sneak in and then do damage I think they could I mean I, I at this point though what what would lead you to believe that other than just the belief in the magic that could be and I uh the I think on there the was front of the jersey that's right that's part of I, it. I think there was a higher there was a higher calling last year um and and I think that's why North Carolina went on the run they went on I'm excited that North Carolina did that. I'm excited that if North Carolina doesn't make the tournament, I'm just going to rewatch their run from last year. That's going to be <laughs> how I spend my March Madness. It's going to be great. So it's good to have that in the back pocket. I, I, It's hard for me to really buy into this team just because of the variance and the fact that they, they refuse to not take this many threes, despite all of the numbers that say otherwise. They are undefeated Macon when they shoot over 35% from three. They are 9-0. Right. And that's 35%. You yep. know, that that's not that's not anything, you know, that that's blowing your socks off, but that's that's how bad of a team that they are when they shoot from deep and they continue to do it and I've I mean, I I don't know if it's insanity, I don't know if it's stubbornness, I don't know if it's because our coach is one of the best three-point shooters of all time and maybe that's <laughs> they think that they can shoot cuz he can shoot. I'm not really sure. But uh, it is very uh, concerning, and I, I don't have much belief that this team is going to be in Houston like I did at the start of the year. But, I mean, last year when I gave up, that's when things changed. So I have officially thrown in <laughs> the, the white towel on this season, and uh, maybe that's what this team needs. Well, hurt people hurt people, Tate. And <laughs> yeah. I have written down here, um, Hubert Davis is Matt Doherty. 
And that's mean. And I want to apologize for that. And Hubert Davis is now three and one against Tony Bennett. So right. who am I to say anything? Um, with all due respect, um, I hope none of this works out for you. I know you don't think of um, Virginia like you think of uh, Duke or NC State. Um, and that's fine. I, I think for us, it's probably now Tech and then Carolina with some Duke mixed in. But it hurts my heart when we lose to UNC. But um, I do have respect for uh, the school, its great fans, um, the basketball program now that we've cleaned up the whole going to class situation. <laughs> and, and I wish you well this week. Um, I, I say this gently. Do we miss Coach K at all? With, Absolutely. Uh, with Duke on the horizon? Okay. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, th there was never going to be a world in which we didn't miss Coach K. That's, I think that was the big misconception about my feelings towards Coach K. It's better to have an enemy. It's better to have someone that is the, the perfect, you know, encapsulation of what I say Duke basketball is. And, he, and I'm looking at him, and he's, you know, giving me a sneer. You know, anyone that sneers when they're trying to smile – that is exactly who you want to be looking at and, and want to be facing in the field of battle. And uh, I wish I'm happy that Kay went back to Cameron. I wish that he was around more. Um, I think that unfortunately we got a whole lot more documentaries and a whole lot more specials with coach K because he can't help himself. Um, but yeah, I miss him. How could you not miss him? I mean, he's, he's too much fun and John Shire's too nice. Let's be honest. John yeah. Shire, he's got to get either someone on his bench, like Shane Battier or something to, to help liven up the Duke of it. Or he's just got to let it go. You know what I mean? And just say that, look, Duke's not what it once was. We're nice guys now. And if that's the case, look, I'll, I'll be like, okay, Duke's nice, whatever. And I'll move on. So yeah, we miss coach K. Yeah. Speaking of enemies, Mark Titus. So <laughs> Tate, I, um, I got a text message and kudos to Apple and iCloud and whatever the hell for keeping text messages around for 15 years. I graduated in college from college in the year 2008 and I got a text message from a guy I haven't heard from since the year 2008. And it was what's going to happen to Tate as if one we're close friends, which I hope we, we've we are. Become, we are. Yeah. Two, as if you've been given some horrible diagnosis. Like, is he, <laughs> is he going to make it? So um, the floor is yours. Um, please spill the tea. Um, tell us what has happened. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, I th you know, I think a lot of people will, will run with their, you know, stories about this or that, you know. But at the end of the day, I love Mark Titus. I love doing the show with Mark Titus. I mean, that is someone that I met early on at the Grantland days and we just hit it off and talked about college basketball and we did it for six years. And, you know, there's, you know, there's still times where, you know, something will happen and I'm like, I, I want to talk to Titus about this. And, you know, and I frankly told him either on the air, or off the air, I want to talk college basketball. I want to stay in touch. I want to be friends. And, you know, that that's kind of where it was, but look, you know, this is two people that had their two different career paths. And I think that Titus, you know, always had an affinity for, you know, not only the, the part of my take, but just the, the opportunities that could be there at Barstool. He got a great opportunity. Um, I understood that he got a great opportunity. I was excited for him. I was happy for him. Um, and he's going to go and, and be great. So it's, it's one of those things where, I kind of compartmentalized the two things. Yes, I'm, I'm sad about the end of Titus and Tate. You know, it was three years. You know, I, I own Titus and Tate. I launched the show through my production company. We licensed the show to Fox Sports and to Westwood One. 
Um, so it was a lot of work building, you know, that whole brand after the OSP days. And we did it for three years. We did OSP for three years. I think there's a pattern here. I think once we get to three years, <laughs> we, we start feeling like, uh, you know, Gary Neal and Ricky Bobby, you know, it's a little too nice in here. You know, we, we got to get out of Outback, get tossed out of Outback. So Titus got tossed out of Outback. Um, I was running down the street and I was saying, what, what's happening? What are you doing? You know? And, uh, you know, he goes and, uh, he'll be great. I, I know it'll be great. And, uh, the good news is that, um, like you said, I, I don't have any terminal illness, knock on wood, uh, that I know of right now. And, uh, I'm alive and I'm a well, and, uh, I have a lot of people that have reached out that have been so kind and said, Hey, we don't talk about college basketball. What about this? What about that? And, um, I'm just, Figuring out what's next for myself. I'm happy, again, for Titus and his opportunity there. I will support him. I am never going to be uh, a thorn in his side. And, uh, you know, I love college basketball. And I love talking about not just college basketball, but NBA as well and all other sports. You know, I did a show with Wondery where I did, you know, from rugby to, I mean, horse racing. I mean, I did everything. So that's uh, more of kind of in the lane that I am. I want to be more play-by-play stuff. So it was just kind of like a... It was a fork in the road. He went his way. I'm going to go my way, and uh, I will never say a bad thing about him. And if he says bad things about me, then I'm going to have to hire someone to say bad things about him. I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll figure it out on the other side. But uh, it was a great run. It was a great show. I love doing it. And, uh, you know, if he ever wants to talk college basketball with me and whatever I do in the future, he's always welcome. So that, that that's the full circle story of it all. I have a text message here from Titus. It says, Tate's a piece of shit. And Woody Durham, God rest his soul, had a below average voice. So I, I don't know <laughs> wow. if you want to take Whatever, back. Whatever, take all that. Or, yeah, delete all of that I said. Yeah. Hey, Tay, we don't <laughs> talk college basketball here. What about this? What about mm. that? You yeah. own Titus and Tate. We can find somebody named Titus. You can license <laughs> the show to the Greenlight right. Empire. I'll, right. Hey, there was some. Yeah. I'll be your Titus, Tate. Uh, I'm in. I'm in. I gotta. I gotta figure out uh, who I'm gonna talk to. So I mean, it, it, yeah, I, I would love to talk to you. You're welcome on it. Whatever show that I end up doing, I don't even know what I'm gonna do with the feed. Um, it might just sit there idle. I, I have no idea. So I, I'm still figuring it all out. But uh, yeah, it, I want to talk basketball with you, Macon, anytime you want to. Well, if that sounds binding, that uh, I'm your new co-host, and I'll inform <laughs> yeah, Chris of, upon his return. Uh, thanks for your time, man. Always a pleasure. We can. We went surface level on the weekend that was and the marches that is that's to come, but um we can do we can do ACC tourney stories. We can yeah. we can we can do this forever and uh I look forward to more opportunities to do so. Good news, the Thursday show we do with AMP will continue. Four thirty every Thursday, the Green Light team, Cowboy Reed, Fax, Kingston. Uh, I'll pop through there sometimes. On AMP, you can interact with us really easily. There's a call-in button. We invite call-ins all the time. You can talk directly to us, ask us questions, ask us our favorite music. We might even play some. There's also a live chat during the show. If you have a question about a topic we're talking about, fire it off in the chat. We'll answer. We're going to be uh, we're gonna be doing what we've been doing all fall, uh, every Thursday at 4.30 on AMP. Uh, check us out. If you're in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, and you haven't tried the WinBet app yet, I have great news for you. Sign up today to receive special offers and take advantage of great promos for the big game and the upcoming college basketball tournament. Don't miss out 
on the fun. Download the WinBet app today. Terms and conditions apply, must be 21 or older, and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too, 1-800-889-9789. With Vroom, you can shop thousands of cars right from your phone and have your next ride delivered straight to you. I like to look at the listing on my couch. You know, it's peaceful, I can think. Nobody's trying to trying to get one over on me, you know? There's a lot of Tahoes out there. I want a Tahoe, you know, do I really need that package? Well, let me decide for myself, okay? With Vroom, I can do that. Vroom is the better way to buy your next ride. You never have to haggle or negotiate the price of a car, so you know you're getting a good deal. With thousands of cars available on Vroom.com, you can make sure you get the ride you really want so you don't have to settle. You have a full week or 250 miles, whichever comes first, to make sure your new ride is right for you. Plus, all cars on Vroom.com come with a 90-day limited warranty and one year of roadside assistance nationwide, giving you peace of mind while on the road. You can trade in your old car when you buy your new one or you can even just sell your car to Vroom. When you sell your car on Vroom, you get a price instantly. You can buy a car from Vroom entirely online, so next time you need to buy a car, just grab your phone, go to Vroom.com, and check out thousands of cars. I can't believe you didn't ask Tate where Bronny's going to go. Yeah. um, It was a long list of stuff. Yeah. Had there not been so many buzzer beaters or or stare downs this past week and maybe Bronny makes a list but Bronny's also going to Ohio State so there you go I, I think the hay is in the barn on that Mark one. Titus will be happy at least you were really well prepared today thanks man um much more prepared for Randy Scott which you're about to hear just because it's a different sort of deal um Tate's got a lane and it's college hoops and he's great at it and can't wait to see what's next for that guy um but uh, I wrote down a lot of words, maybe too many. I, w- I was fearful it was too many. We've talked about this. Um, I'd like for it to be more conversational. Mm-hmm. And then I realize there's no question at the end. <laughs> and then I make light of there not being a question. Not and, really a question there. And then it just gets a little awkward. <laughs> but I'm working on it, you know? That's why the big guy's name's on the show and mm-hmm. not mine. I'm the counterpuncher. But no, had a lot of fun with Tate, talking hoops. Um, could really do that every day of the week. Um, Kingston, you were my ACC tournament buddy for a few years there. I don't know why our parents let us go to Can't Greensboro when we were 16 years old. Yep. I mean, we walked into the Drury Inn in Greensboro, North Carolina, and um, like hotel doors were just wide open, and there were bathtubs full of ice and beer. Everywhere. Again, we were 16 years <laughs> old, and uh, we were there alone, and... Um, to be fair, we were there to watch the hoops yeah. and not to party. Might have done a bit of both Yep. and uh, in our own special ways. Um, and it's the ACC tournament in Greensboro is awesome. And you just you wait for the team to lose and then grab the tickets from those fans who are mm-hmm. walking out of the, the, the arena. Uh, big cavernous space. There's not much doing right around the arena. There's one barbecue one spot. One barbecue spot. <laughs> yeah. There's a guy named Leon who's a state fan. Um, one night yeah. after – Gave Pack us peach schnapps. Gave us peach schnapps. Yeah, sure, which we may or may not have in took. But what Leon did later that night was uh, 
urinate into the vending machine in yeah. the hotel. So it's a wild scene. If you have the chance to go to uh, an ACC tournament, um, I would say anywhere, but really Greensboro. Greensboro is where it's special. I, I highly recommend it's it. It's where it's supposed to be. Yeah. And, uh, you know, full disclosure, we already recorded this interview with Randy Scott. Yeah. I thought it was awesome. You and he had great chemistry. I really enjoyed hearing you all talk about uh, fatherhood and marriage a little bit. Yeah, thanks. Um, Scott said it yesterday that we're, we're very similar, mm-hmm. which I think can um, work or not work. I hope it worked here in this interview. But yeah, we touch on a, a, a lot of different things and um, something a little different. And I uh, very much hope you enjoy it. Here's Randy Scott. Sports Center anchor at ESPN, if you're familiar with that particular television channel. How are you doing? Mm. I'm okay. I'm okay. I, I walked in. Oh, I got these carry-ons, though. Look at that. Dang. Yeah, I, uh, I had to carry. Well, you have thin. We've established this. You have thinner under-eye skin than most. Um, yeah. It comes up often. I feel like you have to defend yourself a fair amount. If I Here's the thing. If I slip into any... Um, Im, uh, what are going to feel like imitations? It is, it is like a, a personality defect and talent that I have. Where if I'm in a certain, if I, you know, went to school in Chicago, there were times you get a couple drinks in you and you start talking like one of the guys in the Saturday Night Live skit, you know, oh, yeah, Bears. Oh, the Bears look good this year, you know. So if I, with you having heard you so many times on the way to and from work, if I do a couple, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, if I do, <laughs> if I do some of that, it is not. I'm not poking fun. It is just out of uh, sort of osmosis. That warms my heart. All I'm really looking from this interview is a friendship. Um, I want, like, nine months from now, I want your kids to walk by the fridge and be like, "Who are those people on that Christmas card?" I, I, dude. Okay, I'm a admitted late taker downer of Christmas stuff. Um, you know, I blame my kids, but you know, I got this right next to the old, you know, this this little throw throw uh, blanket still sitting right there, uh, and I love collecting Christmas cards. So don't don't threaten me with a good time. I'll I'll do that in a heartbeat. But then maybe like the occasional text message too. I think you just called producer Matt, so I think we might have digits at this point. I do well. I I was a little worried, and we can I don't know where if if we want to get into the battle of Northern and 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 Southern Virginia, but. I was worried that a four three four, which I haven't called in a long time, would see a seven oh three and be like, Oh, this is a you know, social security scam or whatever else. Like I feel like there's some decent scams that come out of that area code, but he picked right up. And I appreciate it because the only I don't want to start the friendship off on the wrong foot. I, I would have loved to have known that Greenlight decides not to do what most of the industrialized world does, which is communicate well with Apple products, even though I see a laptop right in front of me because I'm just dialed in on Safari and you guys are like, no, we need this. You know, you, I'm an Oreo eater and you guys are Hydrox and that's fine. We just need to know how to communicate with I'm cheese. It's you guys are cheese nips and that's fine. We just need to know how to communicate. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. The way we record audio is not compatible with your internet explorer from the year 1992. <laughs> and for that, we apologize. If you, hey. did, if you give me a heads up that I had to ask Jeeves to set this whole thing up, I would have done it, but hey, not so much. Um, all right, I want to set out some reasons for this um, friendship, why it might work. Now, opposites attract. I'm hoping this is not the case because we're similar in the following ways. 
Um, Vienna, Virginia, covered. I, I'm not a Northern Virginia cat, but yeah, yes, Virginia, done. Virginia. Check. Yeah. Tell me how tall a guy you are, Randy. Six four. Okay, me too. I want to circle back to that, but yeah. ditto. Like Same a legit, height. like a legit. You know, you can be barefoot walking into a Seven Eleven. You're six four. I'll circle back right now. When I go to the doctor and I am measured, yeah. it's six foot four, and it's not even I, without shoes on. Yes, and they're not. They, they are unequivocal about it. Like, and then I, and then you know, it's the thing that comes down on top of your head, and yeah, then you can yeah. you can get out and take a look yourself. But yeah. the problem I have found with six four is that well, first somebody sees you and they're like, "Oh, you're tall. How tall are you?" And then you say six four, and then they're like, "Nah, no way." And yeah. so it's an it's an uncomfortable height to say. So I will sometimes say six three because it just feels much more approachable for people. But in oh. reality six foot four people see a tall person you say six four they want to say no you're not that tall see what i run into i, I thought you were going to go this way especially all the time you spent around you know the college basketball programs and and athletes and whatever else is people programs. expect you to be oh six four and they do the whole man if i were six four i'd be in the fill in the blank nba nfl whatever and for me in my high school in vienna I was the four on the basketball team. Like we, we were not, you know, we'd roll into these DC tournaments and play against, I remember DeMatha. <laughs> playing I against knew like, you were going to say DeMatha. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, we didn't make it far enough to play against Bishop Carroll or whatever, a uh, good council or whatever, but we played DeMatha and Keith Bogans and Joe Forte are running around and their four and fives are, you know, six, nine, six, ten going to Kentucky and, and we're getting baptized every time down the floor. You know, I got out of the way of a dunk once. I didn't know what was happening. I was that, it was like, I really don't have an analogy. I need more of this coffee, but like, uh, and maybe, you know what? We can actually talk about coffee now that you're, mm. uh, you're overlords halfway around the world. But, um, yeah. but we, uh, I got dunked on and I was just trying to get out of the way. Like I realized the lob too late and I was just trying to get out of the way. And this guy thought I was trying to undercut him and I almost got my head taken off. Like it was, it was bad. So I say all that to say like six, four, sometimes people expect a higher level of, athletic ability and and you're like no nah, man i wear makeup four days a week yeah 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 well now in the there it is now in the in the pickup games you, you i have to guard the five and great instincts guarding like a big cat who's pushing 275 like i, I know where you're headed i can hold my own but it's still uncomfortable because just because we're the tallest guys doesn't mean we're we've got the the girth the bulk right. the, yeah uh, yeah yeah i applaud you out there playing i mean i'm i know i know i'm a couple of years older than you i'm probably what for? What are you thirty six? I'm thirty six. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm round round forty. I turned forty this last year. Um. Okay. We're both uh we're both really in touch with our emotions. We are sensitive guys. Okay. For sure. Um. We can check that box. Our our faces are not dissimilar, and I don't mean that as an insult to you. I don't no. have the greatest face. No, but I'm we, not taken. The under eye thing we've mm -hmm. covered. Um, yeah. our, our eyebrows, we kind of got similar yeah. eyebrows. Are you Scottish or you got any Scottish blood in you? Cause that's couldn't tell you. Okay. Couldn't tell yeah. you. I'm really like a, in the present moment sort of guy. I'm right. never really, never really backward looking, but maybe I, I, well, so I'm wondering, yeah. And don't do the whole, uh, DNA farm, you know, 23 and me thing. Like, I don't know where that stuff goes, but I know some people are in, in jail because of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but I, I know my mom did something a couple years before she passed and, it was pretty much like mainly Scottish on her side, mainly Irish on my dad's side. So she, this is apparently Scottish. These, uh, 
Sandy Cohen from the OC eyebrows that I've got. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then we're both uh, funny, dry, witty, brilliant, uh, and modest. humble. Modest. Humble, yeah. modest. <laughs> there we go. I love, I love sprinkling that in, yeah. So the Oh, <laughs> and I left out the biggest thing. We both really, I hope this is true for you, we both really want to be sports center anchors, or at least we really wanted to be at some point sports yeah. center anchors. Yeah, that's, I, that's I would, true. Listen to this. I would stay home from school sick and I'd start whenever the first sports center aired. I probably wasn't awake at that point, but whenever I watched in the first sports center and they just replayed them over and over, we weren't really live at this point in the middle nineties. And, yeah, um, yeah. I, uh, I would write down pencil and paper, um, every single highlight box score, et cetera, that was played on the show. Oh, wow. And the next logical thing you might you might think is that um, I muted it and then hosted SportsCenter yeah. um, in my bed. Not true. Uh, <laughs> I just followed along with each subsequent SportsCenter. So it would be like the Magic got the Hornets by eight. And I'd be like, yeah, that all checks out right here. Uh, Shaq, <laughs> had, Shaq had 28 and 13. Um, I can verify that. So maybe yeah. I wanted to be a PA. I don't know. Um, no, no. I, if you were putting up your own script, I think you probably, I, I mean, I, I, I don't want to tap into group dynamics with, with Chris not here, but I think asking to have your name on the show, however jokingly, in the backseat of a car with Stanford Steve, uh, that's not a PA's mentality. You know, that's, a, that's an on-air mentality. I swear to you, that was, okay, that was a real fight. And then to make it better, as people like us do, I try to make a joke. So at the end, yes, I was yes. like, and I want the name on my name on the show. Clearly a joke. And Steve knew it was a joke. And yeah. now Steve's trying to play Switzerland. Like, I don't know. I don't even really remember. I don't want my name on the show. I have a, I, I have a, I have a thing. The, 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 the Switzerland thing has come up a lot for me in the last, we'll say, three years. And the whole like, hey, I'm Switzerland. Well, we're Switzerland. This, you know, whatever. The, this, the Switzerland concept. Like, and I don't want to get geopolitical. I feel like enough time's passed since World War II. But the idea of remaining neutral when one side is Nazis <laughs> and the other side is not Nazis, like, I don't know that that, that carries the, the discipline that uh, people give it credit for, you know, the neutrality, like, we good people, we got friends, whatever, like, I don't know, I don't know, but we don't need to talk politics, okay. but, but I understand, I... no, as a chat, listen, the whole using humor to diffuse, uh, are you, I, I, I've lost track of and, you know, obviously the, the long family, um, comes up a fair amount on the show and, uh, but siblings on in the, in the making house or no, there are you, are you one of one? It's a really good question, Randy, with a complicated answer. Yeah. Um, mom had two kids, uh, from a previous marriage. Dad had two mm -hmm. kids from a previous marriage and mm -hmm. those four kids are all 20 years older than me. And then I am one of one from mom and dad. So okay. I kind of got both things working. So I'm just wondering about the peacemaker element. Cause I had, I, that's where the humor comes from. I think from me is I, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with the great Santini, the the book, and then the later the movie, but Pat Conroy wrote this book. It was this mili overbearing military father figure, right? Robert Duvall played him in the movie. And I, my dad wasn't that, that, disciplined with us but he tried to be and my mom was always the buffer to try to like no they're not going to call you sir 
no, we're not going to this. And no, he's not going to go to ROTC and, you know, that sort of thing. And for me, when he would come down on, when any of my, my parents, but mainly my dad, would come down on my sister or my brother or some, you know, my mom. And, and if there was a fight, it was like, I was like, oh, hey, look over, look at the clown. You know, like it, that's where the humor came from to try to like, we can stop this. This isn't that serious and we can just, you know, move on. So that's where some of that comes from. Yeah. Let me bring it down another notch. Um, <laughs> my mom died when I was eight. Okay. Oh, so unfortunately buddy. we, we share not having mom around. And yeah. so it was sort of just a coping mechanism. Hey, not everything is sad and terrible because I've got jokes and, you do um, have jokes and, you do uh, have and jokes. it, and it's led us here, you know. We sell real estate, and then we pop into the studio a couple times a week. It's you keep funny. bringing up, you keep bringing up C Long. This is really the, um, this is the audition for perhaps <laughs> the own show. Maybe, maybe the Macon and Randy show. May oh M and R. I'll yeah. I'll take back seat there. We'll call it alphabetical, but we'll know Oop. why it's the way it is. Oop. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I the 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 uh the mom I'm sorry about your about your mom. I think 8 years old is is really really tough. I have a 10-year-old. That's what those uh, I don't know if you can see them here. That's what those balloons are. Now yeah. for the 10 10-year-old who just turned 10, you got to do you got to do two numbers now. And um you know, there's never a good time for bad things to happen. It's kind of a broad statement, but um my mom passed. I was 30 I was 34. And I felt like I was getting screwed over. So, you know, the eight, having it at eight, man, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry to hear it. I do think, though, that like you said, it does form you in a way and you have I don't know you that well. The friendship is just just blossoming. But I feel like you have given plenty of people plenty to be proud of in that. God, 36 minus eight, 28 years since. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um that's very kind of you to, to say, do you, can we stick in the, in the muck and sadness here? Yeah, I, of course. Can I take you through as, your last three years? As emotional, as emotional gentlemen, as we've just established. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Can I read you some things you said in the Katie Nolan pod? Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to tell? So that was March of 21. I'll, I'll never, that was first week of March 21. And we're coming up on two years. That's not yeah. lost on me, like to the day. Yeah. So yeah. Um, uh, you got divorced March of 21 or thereabouts. That's yep. when it was official. Yeah. During that process, you say you lose 30 pounds in a month when you're really going through it. About four weeks, yeah. You're quarantined with your eventual ex-wife. Uh-huh. You quote Ted Lasso to her unironically trying to, to get Kate. through this yeah to katie yeah 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 um you have a real deal holyfield panic attack you're you're yeah, parenting three kids um you're living yeah. in an echo chamber of your own destabilizing thoughts mm -hmm. and you're unable to visualize the future and you say you're mourning the life you had and yeah. that was, um, you said all these things to, to Katie a couple of years ago on, on her pod. And, you know, we can hit as much of that or as little as that as you'd like, but, but you were down bad and you were really courageous to share that you were down bad. And coming up on the two-year anniversary of it and the Randy Scott social feeds telling me that, that Randy's living his best life right now, <laughs> I couldn't be any happier for you, sincerely. 
and everybody's yeah. going through shit at some point in their life. And, um, yeah, some, you know, maybe I wasn't at that point, but to hear you be so, uh, forthright and, and vulnerable, it was awesome. And, um, to see you come out the other side smiling, um, it's awesome. It's life affirming. Well, man, I, I, I appreciate that. And I, uh, so I can answer another topic kind of, well, talk about this, like my, <laughs> the way my life is constructed, like I, I live uh, outside, outside of Boston, which where I live is about 110 miles away from the studios in Bristol, Connecticut, different, entirely different States. And this time of year, um, you know, we're getting more snow in a couple, in a couple nights, like it gets a little dicey. Um, but I did this because I, I was like you, you know, we didn't have cable growing up, can't hide money making, but, uh, I, <laughs> I, I was a sports center nerd, man. I mean, same deal. Kilborn, Dan Patrick, Keith Olbermann, uh, Brett Haber, Robin Roberts, Charlie Steiner, Bob Lee, the general, you know, I mean, it was, these guys were all men and women, all let Linda Cohn. Um, so I knew I wanted to do that. So I was working at Nesson up here. That was my, my, truly my big break was working at Nesson, which has the Red Sox and the, and the Bruins games. And I was doing some, some studio programming there for a couple of years, but I was month to month. So, um, I, uh, you know, we knew I, my, I'm newly married at the time. I knew we wanted to start a family and it's like, how do you start a family? We don't know if dad's going to have a job next month. And that's how Nesson did things was like, you get your schedule for March, probably today, you know, the last couple of days of February. And if you were on it, you had a paycheck. If not, not, you know? Um, so, uh, I hit up a friend of mine who worked for Fenway sports group and had helped Steve Levy, um, get, uh, uh not married, uh, a rehearsal dinner at Fenway park. Pretty cool. Right. And nice. had been assigned to him as sort of the consigliere concierge, like anything they need to make this day go well, you do it. And Steve said, it did when it went so well. And Hey, Nick, my buddy, Nick Gregorian, like if you need anything ever, here's, here's your, here's your ticket from, from Steve Levy. And so that time period, I was looking at a local affiliate in Boston, actually where my ex wife worked, um, the Fox affiliate up here. And they had an opening in the sports department. And I was like, all right, that's a paycheck. That's benefits, paternity leave, all these things that could make your life better if you're going to start a family. And then, or, do you want to stay at Nesson if Nesson is viewed, if, if people at ESPN watch Nesson? And I didn't know that at the time. So Nick goes, call Steve Levy. I'm like, oh yeah, Nick, I'm just, I'm just going to call Steve. He's like, no, he put us on an email. I made Levy laugh with something in the email. And Levy's like, Levy said, he's like, well, you got me laughing already. I'm in the office for the next hour. And I just happened to catch that. Like how, how often you catch an email with like a timestamp on it? And so I caught it, called him. He's like, send me your stuff. I put together a YouTube reel, sent it to him. He's like, it's way too long. Cut this, cut that, cut that. I did what he told me to do. And he's like, all right. He goes, well, stay, stay at Nesson and I'll walk this down the hall with, with your permission. Walk this down the hall. So he gave it to the, someone. And I was like, yes, Steve Levy, you can do that. Gave it to somebody in the talent office. And I got an audition and a job out of, out of all that. And I say all that to say, like, we were building a life up here. I wasn't going to make my ex suddenly drive, you know, instead of driving 20 minutes to work, drive an hour to work. Equidistant is not a whole lot there. It's kind of, you guys, I know you make fun of tech. Do you make fun of William and Mary? No. Old Bill and Mary? No. Even though no. don't they don't they have a statue on campus whose whose butt is pointed toward 
toward Charlottesville by design. Isn't I it? haven't heard that story. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Mr. Jefferson did attend William and Mary, so there's a little bit of uh, mutual respect going on. Okay, okay. So uh, it's kind of like the, the midway point between Bristol and up here is like Colonial Williamsburg. You know, you don't want to live there. You might want to visit, get some peanuts, that sort of thing. But um, so I say, so I drive an hour forty five to work. And I'm stuck doing that now that the marriage is no longer the marriage because this is the only way I get to have my kids overnight. And one number one with a with an absolute you know thumbtack was Sports Center if I could ever get there. But but in a, in a completely different list with the same level of severity was being a dad. I, I always wanted to. Um, I think sometimes you're motivated by the things that you didn't get by from your own parents sometimes you sometimes sometimes the greatest lessons you can be you can learn and if it's in a marriage if it's in a parenting relationship anything working relationship sometimes you learn what you don't want and or what you what you do deserve that you didn't get or some of those things and so i was like all right i'm gonna be the dad in this way in this way in this way and i've gotten to do it i got to do it for with three kids um you know like i said for about seven years before uh before everything happened so I felt so stuck. Like when I figured out what I figured out and I figured out some things, um, I was like, well, I'm stuck. And I had all these buddies who were like, well, hey, now you can stop driving as far and you can go down to Connecticut and you can live in West Hartford where all the cool kids live. That's real, by the way. When Rosillo, I know you guys have them on and, and joke around, like the West West Hartford Enclave is a real sort of uh, cool kids clubhouse there in uh, Hartford County. And they're like, you can live down there. And I was like, no, I can't. So I wake up at one thirty in the morning and I hit the road at two, two fifteen, and I have, to, and I, and I have to be in Bristol at four and, uh, we write the show for a couple hours and then go to makeup and, uh, get dressed and all that. And then we're on the air. Red light comes on at seven green light. Um, and then, you, uh, you know, do the show till 10 and then, um, have a post-show meeting and, and come back. And it worked for my life because my ex was a nighttime uh, news anchor. So we always had the kids covered and we had, we had a great, wonderful woman as a, as a nanny who allowed me to sleep a little bit when I got home in the afternoons. And, um, and, uh, we just had a well-oiled machine, but you know, sometimes the machine has issues that, uh, you know, you don't, you don't realize in the moment cause you're sleep, sleep deprived and whatnot. And so to sell, I, listen, I don't know how the housing market was in, in Charlottesville and I'm, I apologize. I'm all over the place in this answer, but it was real tough to buy and sell a house in the teeth of the pandemic. You know, we're talking like July of 20, June, July, 20, you know, need a Wait, better that, agent, Randy. Not well, difficult I had a good, in the middle I, of Virginia. I had a good agent. I could sell the house. No problem. But there were all cash offers coming in, you know, it, well, it was, yes, you know, yes, Hey, indeed. bye. Uh, you get 15 minutes in this house and then your offers do 90 minutes later, that sort of thing. And remove your contingencies and, all that stuff. And I, I wasn't willing to do that because again, I don't know down there, but up here, you know, a, uh, an old house is considered on some historic register. You know, I mean, the fact that this house is built in 37 is kind of a spring chicken, uh, comparatively. And I, I, this, and this is my second house since the divorce because I was in a different town and, uh, I had to be within 15 minutes of the school in order to have the kids overnight. And that was my drive. I was, I was kind of jokingly calling myself solo dad O'Brien, but I, <laughs> I, I, I loved it. And I had a little school set up while the kids were, you know, quarantined. Like I got desks and teacher supplies from Amazon. And then we had this little room that 
was all set up so they could zoom in and all that stuff. And I was like, all right, I can do this. I can do this. But uh, you ever uh, feel imposter syndrome? Yeah, all the yeah. time. So I, one night was like, I think I kind of realized I was lying to myself a little bit. Like you, you don't have this as under control as, as you think you do. Um, and they were all sleeping upstairs and I was downstairs in this little four bedroom house where I, you know, I'd love your, ins- legally there was no door on this bedroom. I don't know if it was a bedroom, but it was sold to me as a four bedroom house. And I was in the basement, had a closet in a window though. And, uh, two points of egress. Mo- yeah. Of egress. <laughs> and, and I just felt like I was having a heart attack and I was 38 and I was like, I don't have anyone to call. Mm. I don't have anyone to call. I was in the teeth of this legal fight and I can't call my ex cause it'll be used against me as a mode of like, he can't handle this. Um, I, it was in the middle of an, you know, I, I couldn't, I had nobody to call and you know, I was 110 miles from my friends at work and all this stuff. And I had no family in the area, you know, everybody's down in Virginia at the time. And I was like, I had this thought of like, could my, would my oldest know what to do if he found me? <clears throat> and that was scary. So because the, the, the piggybacking thought on that was, would it be so bad? Like you, mm. and that was as close. And, and I know Chris has touched on, on some of this, uh, you know, post retire, you know, NFL retirement stuff. And, uh, and I was like, and that scared me too. So in addition to being someone my entire life where I was like watching these sports centers in the nineties and being like, I can see myself doing that. Like, and then, okay, what's the step below that? Well, it's probably another TV job. And I kind of mapped out these things I needed to do, go to a school that has a journalism program. And you know, Marty Hudlow. Yeah. At NBC 29 there, WBIR. Yeah. 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 Hudloff. If we're being technical oh, okay. about it. That yeah. could be why I didn't get the job. Um, but he, uh, no, you dude, were going to be here. Oh, four. Oh, four. I came down. He made me take a drug test at UVA. Like I thought I had this job. I was like, I, you know, two hours from home. I was, this is you right up 29. Go, I could zip home to Vienna when, whenever I needed, like I was so excited and he just, and he's so laid back and affable and like his timetable is his timetable. I, I have nothing bad to say other than he led me on a little bit, but that could have been the the news director, but I had to take like a local Virginia government test and all that. Like I was, I thought I was in, I really did. And, uh, instead I ended up in Lawton, Lawton, Oklahoma at the time. But, um, well, because you got popped for a positive cocaine test or like, what's the end of that story? That's a whole, no, the the story is they were like, okay, uh, I'm I'm such, I'm a terrible podcast guest. Uh, do you remember the show? (laughs) Do you remember the show dream job on ESPN? Do I remember the show dream job? I got it bolded right here in my notes. Oh, okay. Okay. So I, I did it twice. Before the year you graduated uh, Northwestern. Yeah, I did it. Ever heard uh, of it? Ever, <laughs> I went, I went, I made it so far that year. I made it into the room with Stuart Scott where they, I was in the final 30 and they cut it to 10 for the show. And they took a woman, my Whitney Scott from Oakton, Virginia, neighboring town. And as <laughs> soon as she was called third, I was like, that's, that's my time. I'm out. Same uh, last name. Brutal. It's, I was driving across the GW Bridge, driving back to Virginia, and I had an offer from KSWO in Oklahoma, and I called Marty. I called a 434, and I was like, hey, I have this offer. I didn't get dream job. What are you guys doing? He goes, I still don't know the timetable. 
so do what you got to do. Just sort of laid it out. And I was like, I got to go. He's like, I understand. And they ended up hiring like three months later. So I'm glad I, I'm glad I went. Um, and I think they hired a guy named Grant Lotus, who I ended up working with in Fort Myers of all places a couple of years later. But I went out to Lawton and Matt Barry was there. He's a number two there. So I was a number three in the sports department. And um, I learned a lot from Matt Barry. And, and here we are working together in ESPN all these years later. But uh, I don't know. So how the that... question was, how happy are you <laughs> after going through a hard time in your life? Very. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm still like, I'm still, there's always going to be a level of like, what the hell happened? And how did I not see, you know, the state of play? Um, but I'm better now. I go to therapy. I, um, you know, don't uh, get as, you know, um, everything has to be perfect. You know, it's like, okay, you know, if you, um, if we, we slide bedtime by 15 minutes, we're, we're good. You know, slide dinner by this time. Good. If you had a bath two nights ago, let me smell your hair. You know that like we're doing that sort of stuff a little bit and getting by, but, um, it is, uh, it is a, a start. I can't believe it's been two years. Um, I can, I can see things. That's what I was going to say is I can see things a little better. You know, I always, at that point, a couple years ago, I could, I, I had lost my, ability to see anything for myself in the future. And that terrified me because it was like, well, if you can't see what you want to do, do you even want to be around here to just tread water and do that? And so when you start having those thoughts, you're like, well, I got to talk to somebody about it. And that, that helped. It was a huge help. And I'm not trying, this is not, these aren't false flowers. I'm, I'm laying at you guys' feet, but the Katie Nolan pod, again, hour 45 each way to work. So I'm listening to a ton of podcasts. I'm listening to Rosillo. Because of Chris's hits on Rosillo, hey, he gets his own thing. I'm listening to him. And, you know, a very light, you know, Dr. Fax and Cowboy and, and, and present company included. Like, the conversations are generally light. But there are references, especially with former players, where Chris says, like, I wasn't doing well. And for somebody like that, you know, strong like Bull, you know, rich, rich as hell, obviously. Um, but somebody who's achieved all this success to open that door a little bit. Like I found myself gravitating toward these podcasts and it just, it just makes you feel better. It's not a misery loves company thing. It's like, you're not as isolated. Like you, you have a way of walling off your own experience and being like, I'm the only one in the world who is dealing with this. I'm the only one in the world who's doing this. And it's such a lonely thing. And when you see far more successful, far more accomplished people uh, going through some of the same things or feeling some of the same way, you're like, Oh great. I'm not, I'm not weak for, you know, thinking this and feeling this way. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, didn't, uh, I didn't have a plan. Um, <laughs> thank you for sharing that part of it. Yeah. I do have a plan, have a, have a delightful plan, but that part of it, um, I'm, I'm grateful for you talking about it a little bit. I, um, you know, the, uh, Ryan has some life advice. Yeah. Simmons does little parent corner. Let's talk dad stuff because, um, uh, when my daughter was born, January 2021, um, I had never gotten up at uh, quarter to seven uh, with any regularity in my entire life. Um, yeah. 1.30 in the morning is a different animal. <laughs> um, but it, it gave me uh, Randy Scott in my life um, until yeah. she got old enough to say Coco Melon. And then we were on to something else, unfortunately. And I, I can't wait to get you back at some point. But there was a lot of Randy Scott. Um, 
which is great. And and now um, she's really good at saying things like basketball and football and go who's yes. um, and yes. things of that sort. But let me share something with you. I was I was on watch and I'm a vigilant dad because I don't know how to be a dad. So uh, just throw all of your your energy into it. Um, I mm-hmm. guess was has been my mo, and I was on watch for a big fall from my daughter, blood, tears, everything, and I was messed up. And you mentioned um, therapy, uh, boom, right, right. Hey, hey, guy, you can't be any more vigilant. And um, things are happening on your watch. Are you cut out for this sort of stuff? Oh man, and and um kids are resilient man and they heal quickly mm-hmm. and um uh i i had the proper perspective that a fall even if it's a bad fall um there are worse things going on yeah. with with kids in this world but it it sincerely screwed me up to the mm-hmm. point where i needed to um reframe how i was going to approach this whole deal and yeah. again she's fine We'll never ever remember it. Heck, I don't remember things before like age ten. Sure, um, sure. And it's been, but it's been the greatest thing in the world. And and now we have a six month old as well. And um, people say, I'm curious about this. People say that the day the kid was born was like the best day of their life. I mean, that day was terrifying. <laughs> that that day was low key awful i mean labor is a riot you know it it was probably pretty tough for your wife too yeah yeah and then my yeah and then they (laughs) hand you the kid and you don't know what to do and then they give you the kid to take home still not knowing what to do whatsoever but like every subsequent day is is the best day because it's this morning it's uh bye bye dada and then she jumps off the couch where she used to, you know, we limit screen screen time. Don't don't worry about that. We used to watch Sports Center AM. Now we're watching whatever the hell. Yeah, that's got to get correct corrected. But yeah, and then she jumps off the couch and uh, with a big hug before I walk out the door to go talk to Randy Scott. Uh, and it's um it's uh just the best. This this is not a well formed question. Um, but is it a, one... is it a question? I feel like it's just we're just, <laughs> we're we're just drive, here. Drafting. <laughs> We're just drafting off each other. How many? Uh, how many do you have? You have, two, you, you have two kids. I have two kids. Well, there's a question: yeah. is is three the magic number? No, I think two is the magic number. Um, I love my third though, and it's it, his, his name's Ryan, and he has good so much save, Randy. Personality. Good save. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Quiet number three. Um, <laughs> he is. Uh, he's so funny, and he's so uh, like an amalgamation of everybody. You know, he's just this perfect like. It's got a little bit of ex-wife's uh, sense of humor, a little bit of my sense of humor. His brother and sister too. Like that's what's cool to see is the fingerprints because they're gonna look. You know, your kids are gonna look like either you or your wife, and to see the personality fingerprints of the siblings. Like your oldest is your daughter. Do you have a son yep. as well or two daughters? Correct. Okay, son. so your yep. oldest is a daughter, and so she'll have greater fingerprints if you decide to go for three on on the third, and and you'll notice fingerprints on your son as well. So, but I think too, like, oh man, it was, um, Jerry Madelon, uh, who was at ESPN for a really long time, a great producer and then CP and then, and then boss there. And he was like, congratulations. He goes, you're going to learn though. This is when my daughter was born. She's my second. 
he was like, one is like none. Two is like 20. And he wasn't wrong, but you at least have two parents ideally in the house to deal with the two, right? You can, you know, go man to man defense. And then when you add the third, you're just like, someone is not going to get the level of attention that they're used to. That's the problem. And because you've been an attentive dad, you've been a, you know, uh, like you said, as vigilant as possible, but you, you just have to split your time here moving forward. There are going to be times where you're two on one, three on one. And the oldest who's used to, I can get dad back and call hundred percent of dad laser focus all the time. Now you're going to have one eye on her, one eye on the other kid who's climbing off the couch to jump off, you know? And that's, that's the, that's the hard part. Yeah. A friend who just had three said, it's not zone defense. It remains man to man defense. And you just let one go. You just, you hope for the best. Yeah, it's still yeah. man-to-man defense. <laughs> yeah, you, you hope it's Russell Westbrook out beyond the three-point line. Just, <laughs> just let him loose. You said on IG recently you only get uh, 18 summers with this with these kiddos. Yeah. That that hit me. That hit me because I told a friend who's a newer parent, um, hey, these parents who say it goes by too quickly, fuck that. This takes forever, man. I mean, these days are long, and give yourself some credit for getting through. Yeah. Um, and granted, we're we're two under two. We're in the weeds. Oh my um, god. But I I would like to to keep the two year old right where she is forever. Yeah. And, and that's not going to happen. What are you? That's a good uh, sweet spot. What are you called? Was there? Uh, are you dad now? Are they old enough? Your dad? I'm Your dad. Father. I'm dad across the board, and that's what stinks is the youngest drafts off of what the oldest does. So mm. as soon as the oldest started calling me dad, I went from dad to dad. We skipped daddy with the youngest and went straight to dad. And now my 10-year-old, you know, I'm learning, I'm learning sus and mid and mm. some of these things that he learns at school. So I'm – he called me bruh once. Like I, he, wow. we have FIFA <laughs> we have FIFA 23. <laughs> we have FIFA 20. He got it for his birthday, FIFA 23 on PlayStation. And he dropped, he beat me. So he's, he, he likes to construct ways where he's going to win. And so he goes, dad, he goes, uh, you, you pick a, why don't you be Scotland? Cause he's like, he knows Scotch Irish. He's like, you be Scotland. I'm like, great. He goes, and I'll just be, uh, you know, I don't know, Argentina. And, and then <laughs> we'll, and we'll play and it's six, nothing. And Messi has five goals before half. <laughs> And he's like, bruh, you are awful at this. And I'm like, what is happening? Like, he won't tell me what any of the buttons do. And I'm looking at him. I'm like, because we've been playing on Nintendo Switch this whole time. And the controller's about, you know, yay big. And and you're just, and I can dominate pretty well on that. And now we're on a full-size thing I haven't played since probably college. But yeah, you get you get called bruh. And you're like, oh my God, this kid who puts stuff in his hair now, you know, yeah, yeah before yeah. school. We got to build in a little time for that. When he says, rando, get off the sticks, maybe it's time to sit the kid down that's gonna be tough that's that's I where think. i can start because i'm okay. a verbal assassin but not for my own my own kids that's for sure let me list you my um my sports center anchors i don't know if i can quite get to a, a rush more as i've only written down four i oh. think eisen was my one i think eisen was oh. my one okay which you don't hear all the time and then it was kenny main and then it was dan patrick I feel comfortable uh-huh. with those three. It's a pretty white and, Mount Rushmore, but go on. Oh, I, I'm sorry, Sports Center <laughs> in the 80s and 90s. We're calling Bob Lee the general for crying out loud. I wonder where that came from. Um, okay. Duke said, I digress. Go on. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Kilborn, you know, that vibe. That vibe. It was a dry. good vibe. It's a dry vibe for sure. 
And that's why I'm so excited to be your friend because I haven't had a Sports Center anchor friend since Steiner and I lost touch. You know, we used Did to be. Stop. Were you in touch close. with Steiner? No, he's a good. That's he's a, a joke. Good guy. That's a joke. Yeah. Uh, that's a joke so I've written here. You're asking for my Mount Rushmore, or is this just? Well, yeah, you sort of already listed it. Well, why are you questioning time? my interview style, Randy? I've never done this before. All right. Yeah, I know. Now I heard the first one. Well, we, after Chris had left, and you explored the space really well, and they. And Cowboy and and uh, and Matt, they applauded your your leadership skills. Like you had a plan, you were a man with a plan. So, well, thanks. Yeah, you, you said you were. Uh, we communicate via via Twitter DMs. You asked mm -hmm. me seven times whether or not this was on video. I replied in the affirmative every yeah. time. You said you were irrationally excited for this, and I yeah. was irrationally nervous. Both because it's it, you're making people nervous. That's got to be a trip. Here's another well, I, trip. I don't want do you to ever do, do you ever think about uh Sports Center being on in airports and everybody's hotel room and yeah. LeBron throwing it on the the morning after the game? <laughs> Brady, Rogers, all these guys are tuning in to Randy. Do you ever well, stop and think about that? So I no, because you you really are in a bubble in Bristol and then I'm dad when I'm here. My kids could not care less what I do for work. And that's kind of wild. Like my dad was an, uh, was a Naval aviator. My dad was at Top Gun. Like he, he was Billy. Are we allowed to cuss? Yeah. Fuck he, shit. You know, yeah. Billy badass, but you don't have to celebrate it. Uh, but okay. yeah, he's out there and, uh, and, and I didn't, I grew up being like, yeah, dad flies planes, you know, ho-hum. So I'm getting a taste of my own medicine here. Um, but then you go, like you said, airports, like you go through, TSA screening or you check in at a hotel somewhere or you just you get outside of that bubble and you for me I haven't been there long enough where it's like you know bang for most people but sometimes it's like how, where do I know you from or uh you're that ESPN guy or you're that sport and that's like you know anybody who says that gets annoying you know Van Pelt probably gets people interrupting him while he's eating I I don't get that um so I still geek out about it Draymond Green watches I know that because he used to when I when Sage Steele was on the morning show, he'd message Sage and be like, you tell your boy to, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like I, if I said something about Draymond that wasn't complimentary, he would get back to me pretty quickly, which, which was wild. And then we know that President Obama watched and like you hear about that sort of thing. And it's never any like he watched and he said this. It was more just like he knows who we are. He watches all the time, that sort of thing. And you're just like, that makes that makes no sense at all. Take us through how strange a gig this really is mechanically. I mean, it's, it's going to be strange to someone who has never been around it before, but you've been around microphones and a traveling circus of play by play at the basketball games and football games and all that good stuff. Um, so uh, I'm trying to think here, like get there at four, the rundown is in and they've worked on it overnight. There's like an overnight crew that takes the highlights and the post game sound, hands it off and puts a skeleton rundown in for the morning show producer. He or she gets in, and says, okay, I want this, 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 and this. And you kind of move it around. So by the time my co-anchor Gary Streisky or my co-anchor David Lloyd or my co-anchor Christine Alexander or, you know, Kelsey Riggs or whomever um, gets gets in, we know the things have been assigned and we can jump in and we can start writing. And what we're responsible for writing is anything on camera, uh, most VOs that are just VOs, not highlights. And uh, then we'll have to get in and... Um, look at interview questions. There's usually 99% of the time a segment producer who's been in touch with, uh, you know, Coley Harvey at Cincinnati Medical Center or 
someone far lighter than Lafonso Ellis uh, had a college game day, you know, in Gonzaga or, or at Spokane or something. Um, and you can look at those questions and just, there are people that I've worked with who are comfortable getting in a little later and just doing it cold. Uh, you know, not really looking at some of the scripts that are written by other people and just being like, yeah, I can, I can either translate it on the fly or I know what the point is. Like Carl Ravitch, when he did sports center, didn't use a teleprompter and I don't know how, I don't know how he did that, but he was so comfortable with it. Still doesn't really use one. And I've gotten to do like one show with him and he saw that I'd written things in the prompter. He goes, you've been here how long? I was like, uh, four years. He goes, you should be off prompter by now. And I was like, oh my God. And then it, as, as we're getting counted in, like five, four, three, two, and then, we, and then he'd go. And so I'm like, you know, ashen as I'm talking to him. Um, but the stats and info group, like all, all the, the jokes that come at SportsCenter where it's like, how do you guys find these stats where it's, you know, that was LeBron's first triple-double on a Tuesday under a waning moon. And you're like, well, we have stats and info group that comes up with this stuff. And, but they write in a, in a, Sometimes they write in a decidedly, you know, left brain way and you've got to massage it a little bit for how it's going to read on the air. Um, sometimes, most times it's, it's in perfect shape and you're, and you're off and running. But what we don't write out is a, is a shot sheet for a highlight. And that's one of the reasons I love the morning show is it's a ton of highlights. It's all reacting to the night before. It's part of the reason the show went away during the pandemic, though. When games stopped, what were we going to react to? Um, Van Pelton, those guys came up with uh, Senior Night, which was amazing. And The Last Dance provided some content. But for us, we didn't have anything to react to. So our show went away for for, uh, for several months. Um, but the shot sheet is in like landscape form, right? Comes like this. And there'll be three, three columns. So the left column sets up the play. The middle column is what is going out on the air. It's what the viewer sees. And the right column is the result. So, you know, if for uh, example, it'd be, uh, you know, UVA at North Carolina, uh, okay. you Easy. know, or no, no, that's fine. That's fine. It would, it, it's fine. UVA. 21 and six, you pick one of the six losses, but okay. That's fine. We can go back a couple of UVA against yeah. uh, UMBC. And then the middle <laughs> would be, <laughs> uh, no, uh, but it'd be, you know, it'd be uh, second quarter, uh, you know, Kihei Clark. You know, second quarter, UVA up six, middle column, K.A. Clark from the left wing for three. It's good. And then the, the right column would say that was his 6-3 of the game. I mean, that's we know that's not that's a, a month's worth of three. But whatever yeah. it is, you know, it's something like that. And and that's what sets it up. So you take these stats packets that you get from Stats and Info when you get into work that have little paragraphs, like one paragraph each of every game that's in the show. And then... You take that nugget where it's like, hey, Clark has hit 60% of his threes over his last week. So what they tell us first week of working there is don't play by play the highlight. Give some context, give a quote, give a stat, give something to that the viewer is not can't literally see for themselves if they're watching. And what they've told us in the morning show over the last several years is give them some reason. If they're getting ready for work, getting the kids ready and the show's on in the background, give them a reason to crane their neck back in the room and, and watch. So whether that's a dated reference, I'm pretty good at those. A movie quote, uh, you know, uh, a, a song lyric of some sort, um, something like that to uh, to just not literally play by play what you're seeing. And then 
takes me a couple hours to do that. And then you get over and get some coffee and get dressed and get makeup and go. Let, let me give you something to throw in there. Like yes. Kihei Clark hits his six, three. Oh shit. You know, <laughs> I think that would really get the people's attention. I got, I got my phone out. I was ready to put some stuff in here from my friend, from my friend. That's, Sorry. That's going to friend. No, that's when we start texting. That's when I'll, I'll, I'll start throwing your references. Yeah. Um, okay. You're the man. We'll have to catch up, uh, like Vienna in, you know, some what do you loaded know about dogs. The, what do you know about Dude, the Vienna in? I'm Virginia through and through. I got, I got people in Northern Virginia. It does okay. feel like a different state from actual yeah. Virginia, but mad respect, you know, we're still in the same Commonwealth. That's, um, uh, it's a hell of a dismount here, here, mate. Um, I, uh, well, listen, we're not quite done because I, I need to draft Randy's with you. Famous Randy's. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Um, oh, famous Randy's. Okay, okay. Uh, that was in the DM that you didn't read very carefully I, well, when I a, said yes. A, it's no, on. There's a lot in the DM that I and I feel I feel like I've taken the off the field stuff and kept it off the field and you know and I've I've, I've I'm trying to pretend feign surprise to make my list and my draft all that more impressive. Like wow, he didn't prepare, but you're a professional. Uh, uh, Randy, adjective mm. meaning sexually aroused or excited. Uh, as in, as nervous as a Randy adolescent on a hot date. So I guess that's great. That's great. That's great, buddy. That's great, friend. You don't you Appreciate don't see that. a ton of Randys, but at the same time, so yeah. I had Macon Bacon my entire youth. Mm. Um, most people don't probably know the the definition of Randy. The the youths they're not we're, they're not giving you a hard time for Randy. Far enough removed from Austin Powers to where that's not a uh, a thing. Right. But that was in there. Right. It was, do I, do I make you horny? Do yeah, I make yeah, you yeah, randy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, but we can do so, so making, verb, uh, to produce something or create, exactly. as in making your guest feel attacked. Like something like that. Like <laughs> bop, bop, bop. Something yeah, like that. Yeah, you got yeah. it. That's good. Okay. All right. Well, hey, well, this is, um, it's not my show. It's Chris's show. Because it's Chris's show, I'm going to take the first pick. Uh We'll go A, B. We're going six Randys deep, three apiece. The first overall pick in famous Randys um, is the Macho Man. It's Randy Savage. And uh, present company really excluded. Present company excluded. I go Randy Scott 1-1. One, one. But uh, the Macho Man is is hard to beat. You're on the clock, sir. Is it just you and I? Yeah. Oh, drafting? Yeah. Okay, it's yeah. not. So, okay, and then are we snake drafting? We're not snaking. This is A, B. Um, mm. you can't, I can't give you two Randy's in a row. Your name's Randy. You would, I'll you would go in the draft. I'll, well, there's a Randy that's off the board that would have been on the board maybe 10 years ago, but, uh, let's go. I'll go Randy Travis. I'll go Randy Travis. That's a great pick. That's um, yep. Randy Travis all, all my board gonna uh, forever and ever. Amen. And all that three all wooden that crosses, the whole thing. Yep. yep. You got it. Um, okay. Um, you might take issue with this because I'm going fictional, but I'm, I'm again, it's Chris's show. Randy Marsh with my second pick of South Park fame is a terrific <laughs> Randy. <laughs> this was America. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> wheelbarrow, everything. Yeah. Wheelbarrow. I feel like that gets referenced a fair amount on your show it as does. it pertains to everything from like a third down call or a fourth down call or a bet, you know, right. like, like, like you guys are like, yeah, I was betting on some, uh, some Austrian tennis, and I just you know put them in the wheelbarrow, <laughs> and I just went it's, out after it. 
It's on the whiteboard here. Just try to fit in Randy Marsh wheelbarrow wherever possible. Once a show. Uh, well, that allows me to then see. I was worried that Randy Johnson was going to be taken, but he's the he's big not. unit. Speaking yep. of big yep. units, yeah, yes. um, that's a that's a really good pick. I probably yeah. would have gone there. I'll round it out with um, Randy Moss. Throw me the damn ball. Nah, that's a good one. One that's of that's a really uh, good one. One of your colleagues. We're not allowed. They've softened on it at work over the last about ten years, which coincides with my time there. Where you're allowed to be a fan. You're allowed to like. Like, I'm a Washington Capitals fan. I'm a Raiders fan. So you're allowed to show a little bit of that on the air without besmirching other teams necessarily, right? Excuse so, me. What'd you, sorry, what did you say right for Caps? Did you say Raiders? Las Vegas Raiders, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Oh, yeah. Buddy, I, my dad was a Char- is a Chargers fan still, and so watching games, and I was born in San Diego, and as we move around military-wise, you could always see the Raiders because they're one of these national brands, even though we didn't have, um, you know, making Gunter cable money. And so – I said uh, to dad, he, I was like, who are these guys in silver and black? And he's like, oh, they're the, they're the bad guys. That's what he just waved it off. He's like, they're the bad guys. We don't like them. And then I'm five years old when Bo is Bo. And I'm like, that's it. I'm hooked. Like Nintendo, I could play them. You could be you could be 75 long on defense. You could be 34 Jackson on offense. Like, forget it. That was it. Uh, so in the Jackson vein, segue, like a mall mm. cop, Randy mm. Jackson. Randy Jackson with my last pick. Yeah. It's going to be a That's big yes. That's a good yes lineup for, for you. Big yes for me, dog. Uh, Travis Johnson Jackson for you. I went Savage Marsh Moss. So I win the draft, but not by a lot. <laughs> I mean, that is pretty uh, embarrassing. You lose a Randy <laughs> draft, but I had the first pick. You were behind the eight ball. I was, quick quick story, I was uh, uh, underemployed in 2010, living in Tampa, Florida. Recession hit that area of Florida pretty pretty hard. Three Coconuts, so are you going to talk about your tight 10 at Coconuts? We don't, uh, nope, uh, nope, we could save that for, for a, my second trip. Okay. Like, listen, in, in the summer, you guys are going to be thin on some content, some guests and all well, that stuff. So, yes, when, I will when, come back. Yes, I will talk about Northern versus Southern Virginia. And, and when Chris yes. goes to Tanzania again in two years, we'll be delighted to to get you back. Two years, is, I've done that. I've is... done that well. Okay. Well, I had a whole story about drugs and how I didn't oh. try didn't try any marijuana products until I was uh, in my fourth decade of life. But but that's a, that's a story for somebody who will appreciate it. Um. So this story that I've already lost the train of thought. Tampa. Sorry, Tampa. Tampa. Being underemployed, got married um, in April of ten. And I was, I mean, literally I had collected some, un, some unemployment. I was cobbling together like temp jobs and things and, and the stand-up comedy career hadn't taken off like I'd hoped. So I talked to our wedding photographer because I'd hired him and he had to talk to me and we were just kind of like, you know, BSing about things. And he goes, you know, I have a wedding in, in Sarasota next week. He goes, when are you going on your honeymoon? Cause I could use a, a grip, so to speak, you know, I'll pay you a couple hundred bucks. You can haul the gear. And I was like, well, what? no, we are, you know, my, my dumb ass. I was like, oh, I gotta go to gotta go to Antigua, like gotta go to this resort, got my honeymoon. And he was like, all right. He goes, that's a real shame. He goes, because this is going to be a hell of a wedding. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, uh, you a wrestling fan? And I was like, uh, what, like pro wrestling? He's like, yeah, yeah. And I was, he goes, what, what, how old are you? What would you grow up? And I was like, yeah, wrestling fan. He goes, it's Randy Savage's wedding. And I was like, wow, what? And he goes with Bafo, but yeah, he's getting married. His second marriage, third marriage, whatever it was. And you get married in Sarasota. It's on the beach and you should see this guest list. And I was like, Oh, what man. So he would have paid me a couple hundred bucks to, to, you know, set up lights and all that stuff for that. And unfortunately, tragically, 
I think yeah. Randy Randy was gone within the year probably um, in oh. that car accident. But yeah, that's my brush with uh, your first your first draft pick, man. Damn. Um, well, hey, uh, many more stories where where those came from. In the words of Randy Scott, I I, uh, I love a story with a good middle. There were um, <laughs> there were there were, se- there were several of those told by both of us here uh-huh. um, this morning, and I. Um, I can't thank you enough, man. You're going to get a text from a 434 number within the next 12 hours. You um, better follow up on it. Oh, I sure will. It'll be right. it'll be pleasant. Um, some witticisms, okay. uh, humility, etc. We're gonna we're gonna get this thing off the ground. Randy yes, Scott of uh, ESPN fame, fame. God damn it! I mean, we make <laughs> it gonna, an hour, and then I back. then I stumble Three. over the word fame. Three, keep it two. in. Hey, oh, keep uh, it hey, in. I, I, I'm I'm teaching uh, C Long a lesson. Who who will cut now and again? Hey, You're, we're the human. Are really good though. The edits. Thank are you. Good. You can hardly Thank see you. him anymore. I will. Oh, can uh, I just? Can I make it even more awkward? Just one last thing. Every please. time the show starts and it's cowboy, uh, like he he has like a guttural sort of pervy. Yes. Like, yeah, and you guys keep that in every yes, show. Yes, we do. Every show, yes. cowboy, mm, like that. Yeah. There's that like lean back from Long with where you're just like, this is a friendship that might be more. Yeah. You're right about that, Randy. Yeah, it's there. Thank you, sir. We'll right. uh, we'll talk to you again very soon. Yeah! You're the tongue, I'm kidding. I'm gonna fight you.